Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real phony gon' recognize, still, still recognize with. Like we always do with this time, I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, NC, at NC Pudgy on Twitter. I'm your host, Pudgy. Let me get that straight because I'm, I'm tweeting a little bit too much lately, but I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know how we do it. Same time, same place, 8 p.m. Eastern time on your radio dial, AM radio. We live every Wednesday night, AM I'm sorry, in D.C. and in L.A., check us out on the KRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KRP Radio Show. We are the number one black conservative show online in the southeastern United States, and we do a B.I.G. Shout out to all my listeners out there, and shout out to all you supporters out there. It has been one heck of a week. I said heck, so I should get some points for that. You guys know I'm working on my sharpest uh, knife that I have, which is 
my tongue. Anyway, um, you know, it's been a lot going on this week uh, all over. It, there's been some things that have forced us to take our eye off the ball uh, for the most part. There have been some things that we've been discussing uh, left and right and in the middle, up and down. And I'm sure all you guys know what's going on, what's on all the media outlets out there. Um, the the murder of Trayvon Martin and uh, the unarrest of George Zimmerman, which was who uh, murdered uh, young Trayvon Martin at 17 years old. So, um, you know, we're going to get into a little bit of that this week. Um, let me just rewind for a second and let you guys know that you are B-I-double-B-I-G in my book for supporting your boy because the stats came in and we are well over 285,000 listeners out there. 2.5, I'm sorry, 2.47, 2.4 million, million uh, contributors out there, one-time clickers, uh, one-time listeners or better. And and I'm really um, grateful for having you guys support us the way you do, man. I, I really appreciate you guys supporting us and, and really appreciate you supporting the platform. Um, I, I thanks, I'm thankful and grateful to you guys for always, uh, you know, maybe telling a friend or tweeting us or Instagramming us or, or whatever you do. I really appreciate you guys supporting and just dropping in and listening to the show, whether you call in and talk or, or what may have you. I know that the things that we do on the show are talked about amongst yourselves, in your households, amongst your family, around the water coolers, around the world. And, I, and I'm, I'm in debt to you guys um, for life. So I really appreciate you guys rocking with us and continuing to make us the number one show out there. We're actually relevant at this point. Um, this puts us in a whole new playing field. This puts us on a whole new level. So, you know, don't be surprised if we move to a, a larger platform. As, as I told you guys before, we've had FM offers out there. Shout out to all my staffers out there, too. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. But we've had offers out there to go to FM radio. We don't want that. Um, we're involved with AM radio just a little bit, as you guys know, every Wednesday night, LADC, um, they play delayed broadcast and they play us for about one hour. I'm, I'm grateful for that. You know, when they play us and when they don't, I'm still grateful for that. Appreciate you guys for rocking with us because we really stand on some, uh, uh, some strong opinions on this show. You know, we have some strong opinions. You guys know we're team Christ first. Um, without Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, my personal Lord and Savior, we would not be here doing what we do whatsoever at all. Not in the same mind anyway, I believe. And th and that's just my belief. That's why people who rock with me who help on this show, they have to believe that. My staff have to believe that. And anybody contributing to the show, they have to believe that. It is what it is. I'm not saying that we can't rock with all sorts of individuals because, hey, man, my, my my net is open. My arms are out. They're out wide right now in the studio. I wish you guys could see me. My arms are wide open. We embrace anybody. We embrace all types, shades, colors, religions, creeds, what may have you. We embrace everybody. Everyone has a voice here. We are all family at the end of the day. But what I just so happen to personally believe, what I personally believe is just beneficial to me. I believe that it's beneficial to you guys, but it's up to you to have to come and get some. And, you know, I just don't apologize for that. So, you know, with all that said, B.I.G. to all my Team Christ followers out there, all the people who think that they can improve their life and look to Christ to do so. This is not a church show. This is not a church show. Um, you know, at any given time, you could be getting some, uh, 
you could be getting some some preaching. <laughs> you know what I mean? We could have some individuals on here that's going to preach to you, and then we have some individuals on here that you might want to send to church. But it is what it is. We all here on this show stand for individual responsibility. We stand for Christ. We stand for anti-homosexuality as a sin. The act of homosexuality is a sin, and that's what I just so happen to believe. We do not hate gay people. We, I'm sorry, we do not hate homosexual people. Not at all whatsoever. We love all people, but hey, it is what it is, and uh, that's what we do. So shout out to all you guys who rock with us, who happen to believe that. If you disagree or whatever, it is what it is. We can still be friends, and I do love you. And the difference of me saying I love you and someone else, I really mean it. I really care about the guy up the street who gets hurt. I actually care about the lady around the corner that I don't know. I actually care about the man who drives by in the car past my house, whom I've never seen before, never looked my way, never spoke to. I actually care about the lady in Milwaukee right now somewhere who can just pay her mortgage that I've never seen before in my life. So my difference is that I love God's people, and there's nobody in this world that can take that away from me. So for that, we have been blessed, and thank you guys for blessing us and rocking with us. Like I said, you're B.I.G. in my book, and I appreciate you guys rocking with me. Now, tonight, we got a special guest uh, author by the name of Ella Thomas. Uh, he's the author, author of a book called Moving Forward Courageously, Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life. Ella, a.k.a. L. Thomas, is one great individual. This man has a remarkable story. You guys have to get this book, and he'll be on here a little bit later to talk about this book, and uh, we're going to go into details about some of the chapters. So even even though you haven't read the book, we're going to get in some details, and you're going to feel like by the time you leave this show, you're going to feel like you've read the book, and you're going to want to be in the book. And this is the perfect time to actually have Ellen on because, you know, the outrage that's going on right now across the country is young Trayvon Martin uh, that was actually murdered and, you know, no matter what you believe about the case or what talking points you might want to get or, you know, what angle you take or whatsoever, at the end of the day, a young child was murdered. And we have too much of that in this nation whatsoever. We have too much of that around the world. But just speaking of right here in America, we have too many young kids that are slain, that are falling to violence um, all over this country. And even though we may talk about it a lot on this show, we may, I may cry about it a lot on my blog, or you always hear me whining about white-on-white crime, you hear me whining about black-on-black crime, and I'm always going to talk about things like that because I do love people, and it does matter. When someone white marries another white individual, you don't hear it talked about a lot. And a person like myself, I can speak loudly about it, but if more white people don't speak loudly about it, it will be overshadowed. And that's what's going on. That's what's happening. The same thing for black-on-black violence. If more black people don't speak about it, I know many, many, many white activists out there that are talking about this, but a lot of black people aren't talking about the black-on-black violence. And, And firmly, none of us are talking about the violence that happens right in our own community. We'll read a blog. We'll go on a USA Today. We'll read a newspaper, a, a, a computer news source or a tweet or what may have you on Facebook. We'll read these things and we immediately take outrage to some things that are not even happening in our own backyard, turning a blind eye to the things that are happening in our, in our community. And we're not even speaking loudly about it. People are quickly to go protest somewhere else in the nation, but they won't protest on their own block. They won't stand for their own ground. So I think that's something that needs to be talked about, that needs to be debated, if you will, that needs to be said and that needs to be spoken loudly about because there are a lot of things that are happening within your own race, within
within your own community, within your own town and your city. People aren't getting involved on a local front. They're not getting involved personally on the personal front. They're quickly getting involved with what the media highlights, and then they go to march, and they're talking loud about it, and they get pissed off and mad when the injustice is right before your face. So I think that's something we need to get B.I.G. on. And, you know, if you're whacking with me, we're going to always be talking about it because, hey, frankly, anytime somebody is being killed, anytime somebody is being murdered and their justice is not prevailing, I want to talk about it if I know about it. It doesn't matter where you're from, where you're at, backyard, front yard, north, south, east, or west. I'm going to talk about it because it needs to be talked about it. It needs to be highlighted. I'm tired of people exploiting this Trayvon Martin case for their own purposes. As you know, Jesse Jackson and, and Al Sharpton and those guys made their way down. And uh, and one of my friends on Facebook uh, made a comment and said, you know, I can't believe that I agree with Jesse Jackson on this, nor Al Sharpton or, or Sharpton or, or one of those guys. And, and, you know, I quickly made the comment, well, hold on a second, because I still don't agree with them. We just happen to be in like-minded conversation at this point. We happen to agree on a certain term, but that doesn't mean that we agree with those individuals, those race baiters, those people who believe that they can infringe upon somebody's tragedy and build it up for their own success or their own benefit. And this is what these individuals do. We don't need leaders anymore, folks. I'll be the first person in this nation that's going to stand out probably in this world that's going to tell you guys no longer do we need leaders? That's my message going forward, and I hope everybody out there is listening. We do not need these leaders. If they can't come to our door when we're doing good and tell us how good we're doing and keep up the good work, we don't need to see them when we're doing bad. Because at the end of the day, when we're doing bad and it gets media attention across the nation, they're there for their own purpose. They're there for those TVs. They're there with their pretty makeup on and got their hair done and their sharp suit and tie. They're up there standing to talk about what they believe in, not what the people in the neighborhoods and the communities believe in. So we don't need them. What we need to do is take a better responsibility for ourselves. We need to get our ass out and start meeting our neighbors and talking to our neighbors and start doing things for ourselves and become one in our own communities. And then, only then, will our lives get better. I got to go to commercial, but when I come back, we're going to have one of the most prolific savers in the nation that I know. Don't get it twisted. I always brag that I can shop better than her, but I know what reality is. But I'm going to give her my best shot now, Charlotte. I know you're listening, and I know you're laughing. I'm not going to lay down. But when we come back, we have my girl, a major contributor to the KRP radio show and the WMMG imprint, major, major, major contributor, Charlotte from Charlotte. Stretching Your Budget, <laughs> not Charlotte, I'm sorry, Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Make sure you guys write that down, StretchingYourBudget.com. And she's on Facebook as Triad Super Savers. When we come back, she's going to tell you guys a little bit in continuation about saving a couple of dollars, living more frugal, and taking care of yourself in your own household, you guys. It's all about money at the end of the day. When you're buying groceries and you're going to work and you don't have money to survive, you're always wondering, how can I save a couple of dollars? So that's what Charlotte does for us and she does for you guys. We'll be right back in two minutes with Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. If you're rocking with us online, make sure you hit us up on the phone, 619-638-8559 is the number, KRPRadioShow.com on Facebook. We are Facebook.com slash KRPRadioShow. We're also on Twitter, at symbol KRPRadioShow, at symbol with NC Pudgy is me. We'll be right back. Sound Shoe. 
The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Back to the KRRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. You guys know how we do it. Pudgy Miller on the air. And uh, it is time. It is that beautiful time of the night when we bring on the immaculate, the beautiful, the warm, the cheap, the saving Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com and Triad Super Savers. Yay! What my round of applause at? Okay, okay, we still don't have the round of applause yet, but, you know, it. We try. We try to introduce you right, Charlotte. We try. <laughs> yes, I love the intro. Thank you. <laughs> I gotta get a. I need to get a real intro for you, man. Something that's just like perfect. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I need some <laughs> horns and you know some dollar sign um, sounds. You know the, the cash register sounds and all that. That's, that's what we need. That's what we need. Man. So uh, it's the end of the month. And yeah. money is running low, and it's time to go shopping again. What should I do? In three words, what should I do? Go clip coupons. <laughs> <laughs> See, nobody else could have done that but you. That that was perfect, man. Charlotte, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. I'm uh, I'm dealing with this Trayvon Martin case because it's just uh, it hit home for me because. Of course, I have kids, and um, I want my kids to live past seventeen years old. And uh, we live in a, you know, we live in a fairly nice neighborhood, and um, 
you know, I always, you know, even even with my wife, I always tell her to be cautious and, you know, watch out for people and look in the back seat before you get in the car and this, that, and the third. And, you know, all this just kind of hit home, you, you know, no matter about the talking points, at the end of the day, someone was killed that didn't have to be because one man made a decision to get out of a car. And, you know, so now I'm I'm starting to ask people because they're actually defending, you know, George Zimmerman saying that, you know, he was getting beat up when he shot the guy. So I'm asking people, what do you tell your kids or, or what do you tell your spouse to do if they're being approached by the person they notice following them? How do you react? I mean, do you not fight or, or do you run? Or I mean, isn't it? Doesn't it seem like it's life or death if you're walking in the dark and someone, you notice a car falling and then that person gets out the car and approaches you? Isn't it life or, de- life or death at that point? If you have mace, don't you spray your mace and run? Yeah. I can I can kind of speak from experience on this if you want me to. Please, please, please. <laughs> well, I mean, it's obviously not as severe as the situation, but um, I, were, I used to work in retail at the mall, and it was raining one day, and I was going to cross um, the parking lot into the mall mm-hmm. and um, I had my umbrella and I was, you know, obviously not being that aware because of the rain and stuff. Of course. And so I, you know, hear this car come up behind me. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought they were going to, um, you know, pull out and go onto the driveway and keep on going. So, you know, a few minutes passed. I'm looking both ways. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up from behind me and yanks my purse off my shoulder. Wow. And I got mad. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I got really mad. So I'm, you know, like, pissed, first of all, because they took my purse. Yeah. And second of all, I'm like, okay, I'm going into work. This is broad daylight, and you're going to bother me? No, I don't think so. So, I mean, I got up in their window. I mean, it was two young um, African-American <laughs> males. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I was just, like, mad. And so I was banging on their window, yelling at them, telling them to get my purse back. And they are looking at me like, this crazy white girl. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't think they expected me to do anything. And I was, like, just furious and irate. So they, you know, long story short, they end up, the other guy, I didn't let my purse go without a fight. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. So once he finally got it, he runs and gets in the passenger seat. I mean, this kid could not have been older than 15 or 16. I mean, wow. he was young. And um, I, I think I scared him more than he was scared of taking my purse. <laughs> oh, so, my gosh. Um, fortunately, you know, one of my supervisors was sitting there across the, the way. There's kind of like a driveway in between the mall and the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't realize it was me but saw it and was able to identify them because, obviously, I didn't pay attention to what they look like or what kind of car it was. Yeah, you're pissed so, off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, giving my purse back. <laughs> so uh, she was, you know, she was able to identify them. Long story short, the police found them and ran them off the road or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it. you never know. I mean, this was, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon in the middle of the mall parking lot. So Would you, you just if, if you care. had Mace... Would you would you have sprayed your mace when they ran up on you? If I had my keys, but my keys were in my purse because I was going into work. So I had already, it wasn't like I was walking to my car and had my keys out. Oh, I got you. you. Know? I so got you. I was going into the building, so I had already put everything in my bag and I was walking in. 
So I had nothing but my purse and my umbrella. So I guess I could have beat them with my umbrella and I didn't want to get wet. I mean, it, you but know. I, mean, it, I never know. They could have had a gun. They could have shot me in the mall parking lot. But my adrenaline, adrenaline was running, and all I thought was, you're not leaving without a fight. Yeah. So, I think most of us. Know, would react. You know what? I think most of us aren't going to just lay down and die. That, that's the that's the problem I'm having with the debate when people say that, well, you know, when he shot uh, the kid Trayvon Martin, uh, when, when George Zimmerman shot him, he was being punched with a can of soda, a can of tea. And uh, I'm thinking in my head, well, if someone followed me and that person came out of nowhere and standing behind me, I'm going to hit him with the tea, too. You know, yeah, I mean, whatever you have, you're just, yeah, I mean, when your adrenaline is something, you're not thinking about if you're going to hurt them or if you're going to get hurt. It doesn't matter. You're just worried about, okay, did they hurt me? Do I fight back? Or did they take something? Do I want that back? I mean, that's all you're thinking about. You don't think about consequences or whatever. Yeah. I think first and foremost, you're thinking about how do I stay alive through this, you know, if if it's the yeah. case where they jump out on you, especially at night. You know, in the yeah. day, you, you can kind of get a good look, kind of. You might not see a gun. Mm-hmm. You might see a gun. You might not see a weapon, whatever. But I think most right. of us are going to fight back to stay alive. I, I think that's what most of us are going to do. So, I don't know. What, what do you got for us this week, budget-wise? Because I know some people out there, they got their pens and their paper, they're ready, and they want to hear what Charlotte has to give them this week. So, give them some love. All right, cool. Well, um, last week I talked a, a little bit, I think it was last week, <laughs> the weeks kind of run together, about um, places to find coupons. Not sure if that's what I talked about or not, but I have a few more places um, to tell you about that you might not think, oh, I can find okay. coupons there. So. Nice. Sounds good. I'm going to need that when I, you know, well, you know, go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, I had mentioned last week, you know, obviously, Finding coupons online. We have a lot of resources on our website, stretchingyourbudget.com. Head to the coupons tab. Um, you'll see the different resources there, or in your Sunday's paper. That's um, a no-brainer. You know, most people get their papers um, and throw their coupons away, but um, don't throw them away because there's a lot of great, valuable coupons. So, but if you're looking for a few more alternate places, let's say, um, you know, maybe. The uh, Sunday paper is expensive in your area, which it's getting pretty pricey everywhere. Um, and you just want a few extra coupons, or um, you're looking for coupons that maybe don't come out in the paper. And then I have a few to suggest. First thing is um, to email or call a manufacturer and provide them feedback on their product. So it could be positive or negative, it doesn't matter. They just like the fact that you took the time to um, give your honest opinion on the product. And nine times out of ten, they'll mail you coupons in the mail just for taking your time out to do that. So if there is a certain product that you absolutely love or hate, um, pick up the phone and call that company. Or if you don't find an email on their website or phone on their website, then email them. Um, I prefer email just because it's quicker and easier. Um, and then you just leave them just a brief. It doesn't have to be a long paragraph, just a quick few sentences about their product, what you think. Um, maybe even ask them for a coupon if that's what you're looking for. And, um, you know, they'll, nine times out of ten, they will mail you out coupons. So there's a lot of um, people out there that actually do this once a week. I mean, they they sit down and write 
one to three companies and ask them, you know, or tell them about the product, and then they get coupons in the mail. Sometimes these coupons are really high value, um, and other times it's just for a free product. So they'll give you a coupon for a free um, product that they offer. So it's really worth your time. Um, I know you're probably saying that's really time-consuming, but it it takes a few seconds to write a few companies a week just to get um, possibly free products. Another um, one that I have mentioned on the show before, it's been a while though, but it's one of my biggest um, loves as far as coupon places to find, is called All You Magazine. This magazine um, has between 50 and and $100 worth of coupons every month and every issue. Um, the coupons are a lot of times coupons that you're not going to find in newspapers or online. So it's really nice because it's it's good to find things that you don't normally get. Um, you know, a lot of times coupons can be repetitive, so it's nice to find coupons for things that you don't typically get to buy. Um, another good thing about this magazine is that they offer a lot of great tips. So things that, like, you'll hear me talking about, um, you know, tips on ways to save and that kind of thing is the kind of stuff you'll find in that magazine. Um, they have bloggers just like myself write in and give their personal feedback. And so they this magazine is just compiled of knowledge from people like me. So it's a really cool resource. Um, you can find this magazine um, at Walmart newsstands or um, Amazon.com. So that's the only um, two places you can find uh, that specific magazine. Another cool place, which most people don't think about, is gas stations. Um, believe it or not, they actually have a lot of coupons and just went and raided a gas station for me and found a ton of um, Oscar Mayer, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Simply Lemonade um, coupons. So I was really excited about that. But that's just one of the places that if you don't really go a lot, like me, I never go inside a gas station because it's just another way for me to spend money that I don't need to. So, um, you know, it's one of those things you don't think about, but just make a quick trip, scan through the aisles, and they're usually on the little tear pads to just rip the coupon off on the shelf. So that's what you'll be looking for in gas stations. Another um, pretty cool place is doctor's offices or dentists. Um, when we took our kids to the doc- doctor a few weeks ago, they I had Dan and Yogurt coupons, and it was a really high-value coupon that I, I don't ever really see. And then um, when we took our kids to the dentist, too, and we found um, Listerine mouthwash coupons and Reach Floss. So, you know, just little places like that that you don't typically look, look for a coupon. Just look around and see if you see any. Sometimes you can ask. They might have them you know, kind of hidden. And then the last quick place is at pharmacies or drugstores. Some of your major chains have coupon booklets around the pharmacy counter, um, especially Walgreens. They have like a magazine called Diabetes and You, and they have a lot of coupons inside there. So you wouldn't think to look, um, but they have a lot of coupons inside. So some little hidden places to find coupons. <laughs> what, what was the last one you said? I missed that. The pharmacy or like um, major drugstores. The, the the main one that I see them at a lot is Walgreens, Walgreens around their pharmacy counter. 
yeah, they have a, it's called Diabetes and You. It's like a magazine that comes out, and it has a lot of coupons in there. Ah, that's nice. Diabetes News. I, I like that. See, that that's some <laughs> tips I can use. I can use against you. Ha! Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to help. <laughs> well, you know what? This, this What you just gave us is definitely going to help somebody out there. I think it's going to help a lot of people out there because people are really in the crunch of trying to save money. You're looking at the gas prices right now. Um, no one likes those. <laughs> you know, nobody agrees about the gas prices at this point. So people are having to take away from other budgets and, you know, use them for gas a lot of times just to get back and forth to work to pay for those bills or to even have a budget. You know what I mean? So any little bit that you give, uh, which is always a lot, and, and it always, always comes in handy um, when you give this information. I, I know it helps us. As I said before, it helps my household dearly, greatly. Right at the time when you first started coming on the show, uh, my wife was just about a month deep uh, in couponing. You know what I mean? And, and I was a, a couponer sparingly, you know, only if I had the food coupons and I wanted a burger or something like that. You know, I look on the back of the receipts and, and this, that, and the other. So, um, you know, we've really changed how we shop, and, and I definitely thank God for you, man, because it, it helps. It really does help. Well, I appreciate it. I just was going to share one quick thing. Yeah, go ahead. I, um, For those of you that aren't sure if you want a coupon or whatever, my mom has been, like, the biggest skeptic, I guess you could say. I mean, I've been couponing since 2009, and she still is not jumped on board. So <laughs> she's like, you know, whatever so she finally this weekend was like um so what is this special thing going on at the grocery store you know the triple coupon event that we have going on mm-hmm. and um you know i explained it to her and she had like two weeks worth of sunday papers that a co-worker had given her that she that, you know the lady wasn't going to use she's like well can i have those and she was going to give them to me but because of the special she was like all right let me just try this so she went to the grocery store very first time all by herself and she spent $11 and saved $22. So just with two Sundays worth and just going and sticking to her list, she was like, I didn't buy anything else. She, you know, spent half, you know, she doubled her savings based on Nice. So, you know, it's possible, and it's you don't have to have a ton of coupons. And if you go to these few little places to get them, if you don't have any papers, you can still, you know, go and save you know, with just one trip. So that's just my little success story. <laughs> See, I got to give a B.I.G. shout-out to your mom for stepping into yep. the uh, coupon aura. <laughs> She's down with Team Coupon. Shout-out to Mom Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> we need to tweet that. That's a good hashtag, Team Yeah. <laughs> got that. Start it up. Make sure you copy us on it so we can get it out there. We'll definitely right. start that, too. That's big. I will. <laughs> um. I just I just wanted to, to make one more comment and ask you one more question about about the couponing um, at all. Is there any is there a place to start? Because you know so many people. You know how you hear the coupons and now they have the shows where you know people are stream couponing and they're doing this that and and the other. Um, is, what's a good starting point? Because no one is going to jump into it and immediately be a pro like yourself. But what's a good starting point? And uh, you know how much time should be invested for beginners? Um, well, that's, you know, a good question. Obviously, it, did, it didn't happen overnight. Um, mm-hmm. But a good resource, on, you can go on our website, again, stretchingyourbudget.com, and we have an actual um, beginner's tab. So you can right. just, like, the second one over on the top, like, right at you when you turn on your web page, 
and, and you click on it, and we've got beginners, and then we have resources. So those are two great places to start. The beginners tab gives you, like, the Reader's Digest version of what I would actually teach in a class. So it's going to be, like, the bullet points of the things that I would actually teach you if you were to come to me. <laughs> and so that gives you, like, a good starting point to just kind of say, okay, these are the steps that I need to take, um, and this is what I need to do. And it also has a link in there. It shows you a picture of my coupon binder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see what it looks like, how to do it, the resources on where to buy the different um, things to put the binder together, like your baseball cards, if you decide to go that way. And then I have all other different ways of um, sorting and filing your coupons. Because the biggest thing is being organized. You know, I've talked about this before. But if you are not organized with your coupons, you you probably are not going to succeed because you're going to get frustrated. Um, But then we've got on the resources tab, and we've got different little guides that you can use to help you along the way. We have like a price guide that helps you um, determine, you know, the lowest price of an item, what you want to pay. Um, The tab, different categories that I have in my binder, I have typed them all out so that you can, you know, go through and use those. So there's a lot of different resources I've tried to put together that I think that might help people that are just starting out. So That's good, though. That's good. I like that. All That's in one place, so you can just go there. <laughs> so you are already prepared for people. And just so you guys didn't hear, uh, her website is stretchingyourbudget.com. You can go on there, and there's a beginner's tab for you guys who just don't coupon and you want to start. So, you know, that's B-I-G. You guys really, really, really need to get into that and save yourself some money because this lady spends a lot of time dedicating it for you all. She does it for herself as well, but she shares it with you guys. So uh, ultimately, she's sharing money with you guys. So anybody out there who's wondering what her motive is, she's sharing money with you guys. And, Charlotte, one last question, and I'll let you go. But you're uh, you're for hire, I understand, right? You, you'll, you'll actually uh, take a job helping someone save and shop? Yeah, well, I teach um, coupon classes, so those of you that are local, you can contact me or whatever, and we can get together and do um, a class. I do those basically just as people contact me right now, um, because the winter months it was kind of slow, so I don't have scheduled ones. But um, And then you can also, I don't do this often, so I know there's a lot of people listening, but if you, um, you know, by special request or whatever, I will go shopping with you. On occasion to teach you Whoa. how to shop. Now that's so. big. Now that's V.I.G. Listen to that. <laughs> now that ain't dedication right there, baby. Woo! She'll go shopping so, with you, folks. Yeah. I like that. But I, like um, that, I just should... took a friend Saturday morning. Really? Me. How did that go? Um, it went good. She spent um, what did she spend? She spent like twenty three and saved like forty four. So nice. Yeah. I'm impressed. So not too bad for a first one. Wow. So uh, I'm going to let you go, but before you go, you know, I always ask every guest that we have on the show, and even though you're a contributor, I want to ask you, do you have any (laughs) shout-outs? Shout-out to Ben. Yesterday was his 30th birthday. Shout-out to Benster. B.I.G. Shout-out to my Ben. getting old. Yeah, Ben. Welcome to the 30 Plus Club. We don't get old. We get better. 
<laughs> okay. Don't tell him that his head might get bigger. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. But seriously, all jokes aside, God bless you guys. Shout out to your husband, Ben. Definitely appreciate you rocking with us. And a B.I.G. birthday shout out to Ben. Thanks for doing what you do, and we will hear from you next week, I hope. All right. Sounds good. Have a good week. All right. You have a good week, too. Be blessed. So, yeah, baby, that was Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com and also Triad Super Savers on Twitter, at symbol StretchingYourBudget. You are StretchingYourBudget and on Twitter, at Triad Super Savers, I believe. But they, I know they're on Facebook, so look for them. If you need somebody to go shopping with you, help you save a couple dollars, that's what she does. She's B.I.G. I'm going to a – you know what? I'm not going to go to a commercial. We're going to take a call out of the 405, and then we'll go to a commercial in just a second. I hope you want to talk, call. If you don't, you have to say anything, but you are on the air with Pudgy. What's up? Uh, that is great about the, the the coupon. And I started coupon a couple of months ago. Yeah. And it saved me a tremendous amount of money, actually. Nice. Yeah. That's, you got to go to a website because she got free specials on there all the time that you can just print off oh. or, or write down the codes on. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I find coupons online that I can print off, that I get the, uh, of course, the grocery coupons out of the local Sunday paper. Mm-hmm. And I made a little deal with the paper guy where he gives me extra coupons or whatever. Sure. I, don't, I didn't hear him mention anything about hauling in places like in my area. We have the CVS and Walgreens. Yeah, a yeah, A lot yeah. of people don't know what, what they call the hauls. Yeah, I got to kind of late on the call. But, yeah, it saves me a tremendous amount of money, me being a bachelor also. Uh-oh. You know, they, hey, I'm trying to save the dollar where I can. Find out he's single. We we need to do a matchmaker show. I, you know what? I think I got that on the agenda, too. Let me see. I do got that on the agenda, a matchmaker show. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I'm serious. The to- listen, the, listen, listen to the topic first. The topic is, is it cool? Let's see. Is it cool to be single in 2012? Is single the new cool? So, No, nah, I, I don't think I I don't think so. I don't think well, I don't we ain't gonna, no, 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 no. Yeah. We ain't going to talk about it now. Uh-uh. No, sir. Yeah. You got to wait and call back for that one, buddy. No, sir. Because yeah. that's, that's going to yeah. turn into a battle of the sexes. I already know it. Right. Right, right. <laughs> hey, man, you um you called in last week, and, you know, we talked about this Trayvon Martin thing, this incident, this horrific murder. Um, I owe you an apology, man, because I'm a man. And I didn't think race played a part into this. So I'm saying before all two plus mi- two point five, two and some change million uh, contributors and all two hundred and eighty five thousand listeners, and before you first and foremost, I owe you an apology, man, because I did not think that race played a part in this Trayvon Martin shooting and murder. But let me tell you, I took the nine one one tapes myself because I was hearing some buzz about you know this man calling that boy a coon, and. Uh, that young man, I'm sorry, not boy, that young man, a coon, under his breath. And uh, I said, you know what, here we go again. People making something out of nothing. You know what I mean? They're turning it into what they want it to be. And I'm not naive about race. I, you know that, though. I'm, I'm not naive about what, what right goes now. on. Yeah. But I always give people the benefit of the doubt to prove me you know, wrong or to prove themselves. I'll say that. So uh, I, I took the tape. And, man, I, I got a diploma in live sound. So I can record people on the spot. I mean, this is what I do. This this is my profession as well. You know, this is what I made money off of. So I took that recording and I and I stuck it in the studio program and uh I cut it, I pasted it, I turned the volume up, I listened, turned the volume up, I listened, and I got a second ear. 
a very neutral ear, and I said, what does that sound like to you? She said, it sounds like he's saying uh, freaking clothes, effing clothes. So I turned it up again. I widened it. I put it in the surround sound. I said, now listen to it again. Sounds like he said, she said, I know he didn't say effing coon, did he? And I left it at that. I said, okay, that's good enough for me. I'm good. She's like, who is that? What is that? I didn't, tell, I didn't even tell her what it was. She said, who is that? What is that? I said, nothing. That's just something I wanted you to hear. I'll tell you later. I got to go. Now, I'd already made up my mind that this man called that young man a coon. And I don't get down and I don't buy into the Jesse Jacksons and the Al Sharpens because I know they're poverty pimps. That's how they make their buck. I get that already. I already recognize that. I know they're going to lead people into death traps. I get that. People are already going to die because of them. That's blood on their hands. But, uh, man, I'm sorry. Because that's oh, that, wow. that George well, Zimmer. Yeah. He that's called okay. that man. A, yeah, he called that young man a coon before he went to gun him down. Right. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk. You know, with constituents of mine concerning uh, his nationality, being that he was, you know, Hispanic. But one of the things that I had to point out to a group of people earlier in the week is that he was raised to probably be racist. If you do a, you do a background on this, on this man. And uh, he also lived a very Caucasian life, so being that you know, I could I could be a black man and hate black people. So, but that, but it's just it's the person's mindset for the, for the most part that plays into it. Some some people feel like they're better than other people, and evidently, he felt like this young man's life wasn't it had had no value. Wow, I'm 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 man, I, <laughs> that bothers me. I, it already bothered me to the point where a lot of people aren't really looking at the facts for what they are. And, and the facts remain that there were two citizens, no matter what their makeup is, no matter who they were, no matter what their criminal record was, their status in life, monetarily, or whatever you want to call it, socially, politically, whatever, there were two individuals that were citizens of that Sanford County or, or city or whatever it is. And one found the other one suspicious, which he has the right to do. And he called the police, which he's which he also has a right to do. But he went a step further, ignoring what the police dispatcher told him. Following this guy, approaching him, apparently getting his ass handed to him by this young man, right. couldn't handle himself, and then he murdered the man. Now, okay, now this one that's what I want to mention. There have been three or four other shootings this week of young. Young black men also. Absolutely, I've seen you post them. Right, one here in Oklahoma is actually in a place called Dale City, which is right out right outside of Oklahoma City, in a suburb that's uh, pretty much integrated racially, uh, you know, integrated whatnot. This young man, he was uh, actually wrong. He he actually uh, led the police on a high speed chase, but he jumped out of the vehicle and ran. Now, mm-hmm. being that he ran and he was in the high speed chase, they they're going to probably be able to get him. On his floor, get the police officer off, even though he was shot in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're gonna get him off on the. He was in the, he was fleeing the commission of a felony, so he may get off on that. But you know, not to go keep going on, but and I think it's in 1963 the Supreme Court court ruled that you cannot shoot an unarmed fleeing felon. And you look, you can look it up. It's on the book. It's Tennessee versus Edward Garner. So these cops that are using, and that's another thing too. I think that uh, some of these, they actually had more training as far as uh, 
as far as the use of force model goes. You know, every department has a use of force model. Sure. I don't know if you've seen on the Internet, you look on there. There was an 87-year-old woman, I think, in North Carolina, maybe not North Carolina, in Ohio, I think. Anyway, she's at a, in a Walmart parking lot. She has a knife out, and it's hard to see. The police come and slam her down, and they crack her head open to the white meat. I mean, you can literally see the blood on the Internet. There's a young man out there, the, the video hit the whole thing with his wow. camera phone on his, on his wireless phone. So these police, I understand they have a stressful job. It's a job that I wouldn't want to have. But I, I think that a lot of more training needs to go out. And I think us, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Us as black people, we're, we're definitely the prey right now. It's like it's, it's 1963 all over again. You know, and look at, look at the climate. Look at the social climate that's going on right now and compare that to the time that was going on right now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is where we're at. And we have to be able to – I talked to you about that again last week. Mm-hmm. It's going to take organizations that are people that are not, that are not afraid to step out their laurels in every individual city and get out and challenge the people that are in the position of power. I'm talking about talking about your judges. I'm talking about your congressmen, your senators, uh, your, your local – whoever it is that you answer to, whether it's your city councilman or whomever it is. To go out and 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 help you in these communities, we are in dire need right now. Not just black people, people period. I don't, you know, and and think about it like this. You know, everybody's coming down on Zimmerman. There's a lot of hate for Zimmerman. Think about the compassion that that man made me. That man was a sick man. He said yeah. He called the police 43 times in one year. Was one said. Who does that? A maniac, uh, somebody compulsive. And I, and I mentioned that I mentioned that last week. I said this cat is overzealous, and that's all they 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 kept describing him as being such as over overzealous, and he and he was, you know. But you also have to think about what made him like this. See, that's the main problem. Working in community health for years, this is the one thing I've seen. We don't have a drug problem. We don't have a crack problem. We don't have a gun problem. We have mental health issues going on in our communities, man. And that's what people need. Their minds are not right. That's a whole other show right there, Pudgy. No, it, it, but it's true. It's, it's very true. And uh, actually, my son, my son's mother and myself were talking about this once, that, you know, people are afraid of the term psych evaluation, when all actuality, most of us should get one anyway, because oh, it, it will help you more than it will hurt you, for sure. It will let you know where you are mentally, how stable you may be, and what could be some triggers that could set you off, and and, and that's just right. reality. Yeah, and, and what's all wrong with that? What is what is wrong with that? I don't want to give a guy. You, you ask, yes, if I, I'm going to give any shout outs. I want to, first of all, I want to give you a shout out for you know for having the show, so we can so we can have these type of forums. I want to give out you know the entire the whole man just America right now for getting behind. Trayvon's family, and don't forget about the other young men. Do your research. Find out what's going on. There was a mother that lost a young man three days later after that, and, they, and that will overcloud what's going on. Find out what's going on over here in Dale City, Oklahoma. Let's don't drop this pendulum to what's going on with Trayvon. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean, if we're looking at it, man, it's not looking real good right now because this is going on from city to city right now. It's a pattern. Anytime something happens more than twice, three times, it's a pattern. And man, we have to look at this thing and take it seriously. That, that's what I'm afraid of is that, well, I, I mean, I'm not even afraid of it because I know it's inevitable. Um, people aren't passionate about what goes on 
in their own backyard, in their own front yard, until either one, the media gets involved with it, or there's a big uprising about it, and they feel obligated to be a part of it just for just for betterment of conversation a lot of times now. Don't, don't get it twisted. Or, there aren't a lot of people it passionate. To, or it happens to them or someone that they love. Absolutely. Or it happens in first person, second person, to a family member or this, that, you know, someone close. And, and And people, a lot of times, they get involved for talking points, man. They don't. You know, there's a lot of people that I deal with, and and they're just politically motivated. Period. They're passionate about their politics. They're passionate. They call themselves patriots, and this, that, and the third. And they do all this politically speaking. They do all these events that only that only goes around politics. It only has to do with politics and and the things that excuse me and the things that surround that. So a lot of these folks don't really care. When it comes to being personal, they don't really care because they have Christ in their life and they hate to see someone lose a child. They don't really care because it's the humane way to feel or, or they feel somewhere in their heart about or they're hurt by, by the challenges that we have to overcome in all of our communities. They don't really care about these incidents for what they are. They only care about them for the betterment of a damn talking point, man. And that bothers me because these type of people want to debate somebody with a heart like mine. You know what I mean? I don't do this show for for talking. I ridicule you. I ridicule you. Yeah, I ridicule you and tell you try to tell you to pieces. Exactly. Man, I don't. I don't think you. I don't claim you or I have ever claimed to be perfect. You never claimed that. <laughs> no. Ain't no. No way. No. No we, way. And we, we talked about people want to talk for the sake of sometimes even gang say, come yeah. up with solutions. We have to come up with solutions and implement them and make sure that they're carried all the way through from the beginning to the end. That's yeah. it. And like, I, the one thing I want to mention also, I think everybody in the uh, Florida department with the police department is with Trayvon Lidditz, I think they just need to go to there and clean house. Why would you have to have an oversight committee come in to make you do what's right in the first place? I was told the chief of police temporarily resigned. Of course. Of course. Come on, man. It's too much heat, yeah. man. Of course he's gonna it's too much heat because he knows, like we know, like anybody with good common sense knows that he made a mistake by not arresting this this man. Had he arrested this man and, and I hate to say that, so this wasn't a mistake by design. Okay? This was not a mistake by design. I don't believe that. I think that this man should have arrested George Zimmerman. He didn't arrest George Zimmerman, quickly knew that a mistake was made, okay? He quickly knew that a mistake was made, and once they realized that that mistake was made, they couldn't take it back because the whole nation was watching their big mistake. That's why that man resigned. That's why that boy laid there. That's why his parents found out so late, and this is why George Zimmerman is still hours. free. 72 hours, maybe almost 80 hours after that happened, you know? That's just an atrocity right there in itself. Well, you know what? I got to go to a commercial, my brother. I want you to rock with us because uh, keep listening. I want to turn your mic off because the special guest is on the show. Uh, he'll be here right after this commercial break. His name is Ellert Thomas, magnificent guy who wrote a heck of a book. I, anybody, that if I could get one of these books, you know, I hope somebody out there got some money. Maybe maybe somebody out there, had, let's take some money up because I would like to give these books out to people. If I could afford it, I would buy up these books 
and give them out to people because the title of the book is Moving Forward Courageously. And Lord knows with what's going on around this country now, everybody needs to know a little something about moving forward and doing it courageously. So the title is Moving Forward Courageously, Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life. His name is Ellen L. Thomas, and he'll be, he'll be on the show here in the next four minutes. Hey, bro, I just want to say one thing before you let me go, because I know you, you got, got the commercial I, and your guest is coming on. You, you got, got to, air, to get, you got to get a book. You got to start getting a book list going yourself, just like Oprah did. You really do. You got to yeah. do a pudge. I will. Right? I will. Yeah. I'm going to make a note of that, too. If you would, send me an email on that. I need those reminders, man. I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely use those those reminders because, you know, if it wasn't for the show, I'd be sitting down dozing off watching TV with my wife right now, probably. Right. Got any shout-outs before you go, man? You know how we do it. We do shout-outs on this show, so you got to give a shout-out. Shout-out to yourself, as I said earlier. Shout-out to Umar Abdullah Johnson out there on the East Coast. He's doing phenomenal work. You can check him out on Facebook and just all of your listeners and all the people that care about people, you know. God bless. God bless you too, my brother. Be blessed, be encouraged, and keep doing what you do. I appreciate you calling. We'll be right back, folks, with the great profound. I mean, this author, this is a great guy. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about himself. But when we come back, we'll be wrapped with author Ellen L. Thomas, author of the book, Moving Forward Courageously, Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life. You're listening with the KIRP Radio Show and your host, Pudgy, check me out on Twitter, baby, at NC Pudgy, at KIRP Radio Show. That's how you get us. If you're listening via phone, make sure you log on to us online. KIRP Radio Show.com is how you can get us. If you want to call in, it's 619 638 8559. Make sure you hashtag KIRP Radio Show on your Twitter pages. And if you're on Facebook, we're also on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. You're rocking with the number one black conservative radio show, Southeastern. United States and we do a B.I.G. We'll be right back. A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson, and it's the premise for this article. Now, when most people think about Liberalville, call by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals had. People of all faiths, colors, and creeds, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8-Tracks, the Wax CD, the iPod. Living in Liberalville is hard, or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the Democratic elite. I see the poet. Feelings into verbs, action into words, a revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. 
His wit is hard to defeat. His desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixtapes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist. A vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares. So it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls. His property values continue to fall. I see the pastor, broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged. Those around him continue to fade from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. He never stepped foot out of Liberalville still. The boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician on a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks, folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer, not court, but street-appointed masters of defense, not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers, never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a back-breaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates, and a support system that says, wait, fall a little further, then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high, it's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. I see a possibility. A promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community. K-I-R-P Radio! Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Max. Wee, wee, wee! Max, Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Skyco. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's Paul Bunyan. Bunyan been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 
5455. Again, 919 426 5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Everybody to the KIRP radio show. Shout out to all my listeners out there, man. You guys are B-I-G in my book, and I appreciate you guys holding us down and showing us so much love, man. The love, I feel the love in here, man. The love is real. Um, it's been a trying week for me, man, I, and, I, and I know that it's been a trying week for a lot of people out there. People have been feeling a certain way about the things that are getting national attention in the news and whatnot, but let me tell you something. I have none other then my man, Ella Thomas, on the show, and he's going to tell you guys about his book, Moving Forward Courageously, and the timing could not be more perfect. Um, I got to give a B.I.G. shout-out to my people out there. Hampton, you, all my North Carolina Tar Heel fans out there, man, we took an L tonight. We fell to Kansas. I kind of felt like it was going to happen. It is what it is, man. That's that's NAACP. I'm sorry. Man, I, I definitely went went wrong right there. That's uh that's that's college basketball. Excuse me, can't even get myself right. Excuse me, y'all. Let me let me reset for a minute, cause I, I gotta get my swag back on for a minute. But uh, that that's how it goes, man. Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. It is what it is. But uh, we have more important issues, and we're definitely here to tackle them. And that's what we do on the KRP Radio Show. And I definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us. Giving another B.I.G. shout-out to my girl Charlotte. A B.I.G. shout-out to my man Stacy Swimp, whose show I was just on tonight. Uh, myself and also um, speaker Sonny Johnson. You know, my little sister, I call her Sonny Johnson, holding it down. We were on Stacy Swimp's show, and we were talking about Trayvon Martin and the things that surround it. Um, right now, I'm going to bring on, without further ado, my man, Ella Thomas. L, how you doing, brother? Mr. Pudgy, I'm doing well. How you doing, my good man? I'm blessed, brother, blessed. And definitely, definitely, definitely 
so pleased to have you on the show tonight, man. I'm definitely enthused that you could come on the show and spread some of your knowledge and share some of your love with us, man, and the listeners. Well, the thing is, Pudgy, you know, I'm a, I'm a person who builds up people, you know. And one thing that we do have in common is the ability um, that we're actually individuals all facing some type of challenge, whether that's spiritual, mental, physical, or even financial. And I think that's the common denominator that often brings us together, you know. No doubt about that. You could not be more right about that. Um, if you would, just, you know, just take a second, man. I want you to relax because this, this is what we do, man. We kind of lay back on the show. I mean, we're not in the boardroom. You know, we, 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 people have to know how in tune we can be with all folks. You and I both know we can go in the boardroom and do our thing. We can go in the corner and talk <laughs> to people over there. But right now is the time where we just kind of kick it, man. We say what's on our mind, and, and we actually, I think we push the envelope, you know. We push the envelope on the show, and for that, a lot of people are grateful, and there are a lot of people who just don't like it. So I just want you to be comfortable. I, I want you to to hold no punches because you're a brilliant mind. You're definitely a brilliant mind. I've read your book, sir. So I I'm I'm in tap. I'm in tune with you. I'm I'm tapped <laughs> in. As my man, shout okay. out to Algernon Cash. Algernon Cash said he's locked in. So I'm locked in with you, brother. I've read this book and I feel like I know you, man. I this this book is just tell the people who you are first and then we'll get into that. Well, essentially, my name is Ellard L. Thomas, the author of Moving Forward Courageously. But furthermore, not just the author, um, I actually created Moving Forward Courageously because um, when I was going through one of my younger days, I, I'm an individual, probably like many of your, of your listeners and other friends and constituents, who underdore a lot of um, childhood abuse, whether that's mentally as well as physically, um, went through the process of losing business enterprises, losing large amounts of cash, and pretty much ended up with nothing. And I think in my last um, um, adversity situation that I came into, um, I was making good money. I left my particular position to go in business with one of my friends. And wouldn't you believe it, it was at the height of the real estate bust. And essentially, we were losing money hand over fist. I never make a move without planning because I think it's really important that you make a plan before you make a huge move, like um, moving from your security, if you will, and job security if there's such a thing now. (laughs) So um, he and I went into the real estate uh, mortgage mortgage business, and essentially, unfortunately, uh, we were losing money hand over fist. I was depleting my security, excuse me, my my, security. Savings account faster than you could even count to 10, I assure you. And then I somehow met this gentleman in the commercial estate business. He asked me a question. He said, would you like to make all your money back that you've lost? I'm like, absolutely. That's a no-brainer. Well, he didn't teach me the methods I thought he would teach me. He was Mm -hmm. a really interesting individual. He was an older Jewish gentleman, Mm -hmm. um, probably one of my best mentors I've ever had. Well, the book originally was written as his principles. He went from a homeless person to a multimillionaire. Wow. Well, there's a lot of books out there how to get rich and how to get wealthy, and something tra- transpired between him and I, and I said, you know what? God told me, he's like, leave the book alone. The book was untouched for six months. Um, the first time I came out to Greensboro, North Carolina, the Lord spoke to me. It was December 31st, 2009. He told me to rewrite the book. And he, wrote, he had me write the book with all the issues that everyone's facing, spiritually, mentally, physically, financially. And essentially, I took the word courage and made it a systematic process how people could go back to living life following adversity, whether it's loss of death, loss of jobs, loss of emotion, loss of love. So all these particular losses that a lot of us face, and oftentimes we don't know how to even get back to living life. So what do we do? 
we often do a lot of destructive activities rather than constructive activities. <laughs> yeah. One thing, right? One thing I analyzed though was that I start looking at businesses who are prosperous, like McDonald's and the food chains, and then I start looking at certain countries that are thriving. And you know, one thing they have in common, common pledging. What's that? They follow a system. Every successful person, successful entity, follow a system. Mm-hmm. And moving forward courageously is nothing more than a system, how you get back to living life on your own terms when you're facing any type of life challenge. Now, keep in mind, the word moving <laughs> is continuous, right? Right, that's right. That means each day you're going to face another challenge that you're going to have to keep moving through. There's a really popular saying in the Bible that says, um, I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall feel no evil, right? Well, right. essentially, Psalmist and David was talking about, I move, I'm continuing to move forward. And oftentimes, it's so unfortunate, a lot of people stop moving and they give in too quickly. Hence, you have situations that causes some of the tor- turmoil that we face in society right now. Wow. That's a that's a lot. That's a big introduction to your book, man. It already, you know, I know people are out there listening, going, I didn't, I didn't know you were done. I'm sorry, but I know a lot of people out there going, wow, you know, is is uh is 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 this the book? I mean, did I just get the first chapter? Did I get the second chapter? So that, that's just that's just a portion, folks, of of what this guy in in his brilliant mind have put on uh, ink and paper and and put and gave to us in the form of a book. Now now looking in this book, um. When did when did you actually write the book, and in what year did you write the book, and, and when was it completed? Or or rather, how long did it take you to put this kind of work together? From start to finish, through multiple challenges, I assure you, in adverse circumstances, three years. Wow, three years. Three years. Um, started in 2008. It was released and published and available for sale mm-hmm. um, in August of 2011. Wow. That's amazing. And so, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was gonna say one thing. Um, if you look, if you're looking to cover, and I believe you have it there in front of you, Pudgy, you'll notice there's 24 different words that I have listed on that cover, and they're they're not there by accident. They're there for a reason. On the strength, family, love, money, dreams, courage, happiness, confidence, faith, leadership, balance, achievement, so on, so on. All these things are certain elements that people are trying to accomplish, but they don't know the how. They don't know how to after you suffer a loss of your home, for example, or you suffer a divorce. How do I get this back? Wow. I want to, uh, what I'm going to do a little later, I'm going to read off all these words that's on your book, and I'm going to ask you what they mean to you um, mm-hmm. in terms of your life today, not what it was when you wrote this, so that, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about that, and we'll we'll go through that later. But I'm going to ask you what these words mean to you today, and I, and I believe something's telling me that your vision and and what you have to explain these words to the world will will resonate first person to somebody, and and, and I hope it'll be a blessing to somebody and help somebody get through a trying time, um, especially what we have going on in this nation now, which which I want to ask you about a little bit later on in the show. But uh, let, let me ask you, getting into your book, man, I just want to get into the meat of things because I promised folks that I would go through this book. And uh, the first thing that I notice when I look at this book is that it has the voice of or, or written voice of L.L. Thomas. Um, what, what, what do you mean by written voice? Did, was this actually an audio book or do you have an audio book to follow this or, or what's that mean? The audiobook is soon to come. Uh, Written Voice LLC is my baby. It's my publishing company that produced this book. 
Nice. I'm a person who's entrepreneurial spirited, and I believe that it's important that we use the talents that God gave us to, you know, get the, gain the courage to walk out on faith. And it's essentially what I did. God gave me the message to write. I took the faith to publish it, you know, with all my contributors. Um, I have quite a few of them, and I will sure. let them know a little bit later. I mean, you know, it's family and, you know, business partners, even my queen, Kimberly Down Seagrove. You know, we have a lot of people that are responsible for this book coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, just getting into the book, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to skip right ahead, and we're going to get into the meat of things. Uh, you have a part in the first chapter about meeting coach and and it seems that this coach person uh a, a very intriguing character i might add but uh or, or individual i won't call him a character i'll say individual but uh it seems that coach played a major part uh for the benefit and setback of who ella thomas is today am i right you're, you're absolutely correct um tell coach, the folks like a little said- bit about yeah, please please explain to folks uh, what co- who Coach is and how he played a part in your life to get you to this point that you are today. Coach was my business mentor, if you would, if I should call him a mentor. Essentially, his teachings were a little unorthodox in the sense where, you know, when you go into a place, you're expecting a certain amount of training to learn a particular technique or a trade. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he wanted me to find out all the mistakes first. <laughs> then see if I had a heart to stick with it and then teach me the principles. <laughs> there was a couple of times I man. thought the 65-year-old man and I were going to have to go outside a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. That, that's got to be a little rough, man, to, to have to go through that, you know, that type of adversity at, at the beginning of a new relationship. Actually, what you think about it, because I remember he was supposed to hire another agent in the office and my good friend, introduced me to him, and he looked at me, I looked at him. Well, he's dressed like one of those older individuals from like the older 1920s with the with the boater cap and the tuxedo coat, and mm-hmm. the, the white beard. I mean, he was essentially, um, in my opinion, a character. However, he's probably one of the greatest blessings I've ever had in my life because his teaching, I didn't realize what he was really doing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what happens, a lot of us, when we face adversity, we don't, we don't get – ourselves enough chance, and we're willing to quit, especially if you're used to getting a steady paycheck. Now, keep in mind, I was drowning in losing all my money at once, right, and he's talking about, okay, I'm going to make sure you have this, you have this. Funny thing is, I was start working for less than minimum wage just to learn the knowledge this gentleman had because obviously he got, he got somewhere somehow, and I don't care what he had. I didn't care the millions he had. I just wanted to know the knowledge. Right, right. And and I didn't realize that he was going to have me go through that particular knowledge. So, um, Coach, he was a, I would say probably one of the greatest psychologists ever. You know, he didn't hold a degree by any means. Sure. But um, he he asked me one day. He said, you know, he told me, I don't think you have what it takes to stay in this business because I was looking for jobs and everything else. I said, you know, this is for the birds. And then when that hit me, I said, you know what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't know me like that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, wow. what do you mean? I, yeah, I accomplished anything. I put my mind too, so I took that challenge on. Now, keep in mind, I was trans, uh, I was commuting about a hundred miles um, each way to get to this particular place. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty much kind of like homeless, but I wanted to learn this principle so bad that I was willing to stay even when this little hut in this building. And he saw that, and he embraced me and said, "You know what? I've never seen anyone who actually had that type of integrity as you do, and had that." Um, tenacity. Well, surely enough, I start learning 
more and more about what I need to do on the industry of my own, and that's when the light bulb went off. That's when he decided, like, you know what, you've proven to me that you can actually get this information and actually apply it without me giving you direction. So that was a blessing in itself. So there's no commercial real estate deal I don't think I can negotiate at this particular time thanks to him. Wow. that Now that's big. So in essence, you did learn a lot from Coach, even though it was it, it seemed like it was a little bit of a Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi type relationship to me. <laughs> um, you know, that's what I got from reading the book anyway. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, the funny thing is, well, at least Mr. Miyagi was teaching um, Danielson, if you will, uh, certain principles through work ethic, right? He, he yeah. didn't tell him why he was doing the strokes up and down, but there's a reason for everything. Well, my coach sent me into the sharks because in the commercial real estate business, it could be really, um, it could be a challenge if you're new. And he purposely sent me out there, a green gentleman, you know, as an agent. I'm thinking I'm going to make money here, quick, fast, and hurry. Yeah, right. They sniffed my new blood and they tore me apart, buddy. <laughs> wow, man. Let, let me let me uh, just just moving along forward, and and I'm not going to go through every individual chapter, and, and if there's something you want to highlight, by all means, please do. But I, I just want to move a little forward, and I just want to ask you a question, and this is something that you had in your book, and I and I thought this was absolutely amazing, um, and it and it hit me whole because you know looking at this economic time that we're in in this nation right now, um, and and some of the things that we go through. Just mentally, you know, just a, a friend of mine, a caller of mine, just a little while ago called, and we were talking about um, psychiatric evaluations. And you know, I just got to be upfront, man. Black people don't normally like to have psych evaluations. We will tell you real quick, and, and our elders and, and the older people in our family will tell you, I don't need nobody messing with my mind. I'm good. I can I can go to work. I make good judgments. Blah 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 blah. But at the end of the day. Um, a lot of us need to be evaluated and called on the things that we do or called on the decisions that we make because sometimes, in my opinion, okay, in my professional opinion too, when we do things over and over and over, there's a reason, there's an underlying reason for us doing the things over and over that we do. And, and while some people may call it insanity, I may call it, uh, I call it an, an un, uh, unrealistic intact with yourself i mean you, you know, a lot of people aren't intact with who they are and and what they're capable of so that's why they continue to do things over and over and over because they don't view them as wrong so if if you will uh there's a, there's a section in your book where you talk about when you chose to dream again uh mm-hmm. explain to people what you mean by that by choosing to dream again absolutely pudgy essentially we all do you recall when you're when you're little and the teacher would ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, yeah. Some of it was fluff because your little mind can't really grasp what it would take to actually become that particular entity or individual that you want to become, um, you know, 15 to 20 years henceforth, right? Yeah. But then as you got older, there were certain things that you wanted to truly do accomplish, but life got in the way where that may have been kids. Maybe that you got married. You maybe got divorced, lost your job. But in the back of your mind, there's that nagging voice that says, go for it. And I think what happens, we forget about dreaming again when we face life challenges. Everyone feels like I'm too, either too old. In the book, I talk about this gentleman, and we all have heard his voice before. His name is Old Man Because. Mm. And Old Man Because is this individual that whispers to you the reason why you are not going to bring this dream to fruition. Wow. Now, it could be because I'm too old, because I have kids, because I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the money. Well, understandably so. Those are nothing but the dream killers. So when I say choose to dream again, it's like, you know what? 
go back into your Rolodex of memories and put them out. What is it that you really, really wanted to do? Now, understanding if you're 50-something, you might not be able to go to the NBA. That was a dream of yours. However, you can actually always coach somewhere. You can still be a part of that particular industry if that was a dream. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yes, sir. So, and, and it's unfortunate. The reason why some people refuse to dream is because they are getting so much negative information from external individuals. That, that they themselves are nowhere where they want to be. Mm. Wow. So this, so that's why we got to be careful to not tell our dreams to everyone because for some reason, um, maybe it's societal, maybe it's because of our environment, a lot of individuals are trained to shoot down other individuals from succeeding. And then we re- we accept that as the truth, not acknowledging the fact that we're stronger than that those words that are opposing us. Man, that that's 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 good information. Uh six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. You're on the air with Pudgy and uh the KRP radio show, WMMG's home of the KRP radio show, the number one black conservative show southeastern United States. And y'all know how we do it. We do it B I G on Twitter at symbol KRP Radio Show, Facebook, Facebook.com slash KRP Radio Show. That's how you can find us. If you got a phone who doesn't have a cell phone today? Who who doesn't have an iPhone today? Well, I don't have an iPhone, but who doesn't have a phone? 619-638-8559 is the number if you want to call us up. I'm on the air with Ella Thomas, author of the book Moving Forward Courageously, and he is breaking down his book, and the man is dropping some jewels. Now, let me step outside of the book for a minute because I you know, I don't want to give it all away right now. I got to make people right. listen. You know, we got to get people <laughs> listen to the show, but... Tell us a little bit about Ella Thomas, the man. I mean, what, what do you like to do? What do you enjoy? And, uh, you know, just just give us a little bit about who you are. Uh, well, essentially, what I like, well, see, I consider myself a multi-faceted individual. Um, anything that's pretty much challenged. I love basketball. Don't get me on the oh, yeah. court. Yeah, some people say your knees are too weak, but the sound of the basketball will just drive me insane. I don't know what it is, Pudgy, <laughs> um, being, being 5'10", but yet I'll go head up with anybody. And still to this day, I'm very competitive. Love the rights. I love the rights. I used to be a, a, a poet back in the days. I think you never used to be a poet. I think you're always a poet. You just need a platform um, from which to speak, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mentoring, mentoring the African American youth and also um, adverse, at risk young men. I had a group back in Seattle named M5G, which stands for Men of Greatness. Um, I'm highly involved in my community. I'm, I'm newer to Greensboro area, but you know, back in Seattle, Washington, where I'm from, I was always making sure that the young men were going to become prominent individuals of society. So that gives me the greatest joy. And first of all, um, and not, definitely not last, I love my church. I love being in the Word. I love empowering people through the spiritual aspect as well, because if you strengthen somebody's spirit, you can actually help them determine what their outcome physically is going to be. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's big too because yeah. when you strengthen the spirit, you strengthen the core. The core is the, the spirit is the core of a man. You know, if, mm-hmm. if a man have a, has a conflicting spirit, he has nothing. So uh, I, I feel you on that, man. You got to strengthen the core, and and that's B I G. But uh, so poet, huh? So you're the guy <laughs> that uh, that was probably writing. See, I wasn't too good at poetry back in the day. So you're the guy who probably would have stole my girlfriend back in the day because. When I was a kid, see, all these dudes used to write this poetry, these roses of red, violets of blue. I was the dude who just used to send a letter with the big boxes, be like, do you like me? Yes. 
or no. But you're the one who will become with them roses of red, violets of blue. So you're the slick-talking dude. See, you're the type of guy I got to watch out for. See, and that's why my daughter... Do- okay, hold on. Let me let me, let me me slow down a little bit. I was about to start talking about my daughter and all this and, you know. Now, I'm joking, man, but... but- <laughs> But seriously, I you know, poetry is a is, is a beautiful thing, man. And you know, you sound like a very eloquent but a very uh, uh forceful uh man man, you know, man's man. And and I think mm-hmm. in society today, I feel like uh you know, I think that's something that we're missing, Elliot, is that we don't have enough men who act like, talk like, walk like, and has the attention span of a man who commands the room like a man. I think a lot of men today, they're they're men uh, uh, physically, but they have the traits and the emotions of a woman, and and that's no disrespect to anybody. It's just my my evaluation of what I see and how I teach my kids. I teach my boys to be men because one day they're gonna have to be men and they're gonna have to control and contain as a man in their own lives. They're going to have to control their own actions and they're going to have to contain themselves like a man should contain himself. Chivalry is not dead. I hear, I hear so much and so many people, you know, I'm the guy who holds the door open for women. I'm, I'm the guy who says, thank you, excuse me, pardon me, uh, you're welcome. Chivalry is not dead. What it is, chivalry is just common sense to me. You know what I mean? And And a lot of people today lack common sense. So a lot of fathers out here aren't teaching chivalry uh, via, they're not teaching common sense. You know what I mean? So this is the disconnect that we have from our youth today, man. And and I say all that coming back whole because of what you were saying is about your mentoring program. I mentor youth as well. Um, shout out to my brother, Kevin Daniels, at Kevin Daniels 5 on Twitter, if you guys want to find him, president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, the mentee of the great Timothy Johnson, Dr. and Major Timothy Johnson, who holds it down. And these guys are leaders in the Frederick Douglass Foundation, which is the organization that I am a part of. And we set out to do great things in the political front, the social front, economic, financially, you name it. We're out there. We're working and uh, these guys are men, men. They're menly men. They act like men. They walk like men. They talk like men. And you get that when you walk up to them. But a lot of things today, I don't, I don't, I don't commonly get people uh, uh, that I meet. A lot of guys that I meet, I don't see them as as a manly man. You know, there's a there's a there's a certain amount of compassion that you have to have. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a man's man should be disrespectful just because he's a man. I'm not saying that a man should be uh, overbearing or should control the room by force because a real man doesn't have to force anything. His way, his look and his actions command the room. So, you know, that's the way I teach my kids. And I hope you all that are listening, I hope some of you guys out there listening are teaching your young boys the same way because it's very important going forward that we teach our, our youth that, how to be men, and, and for our women, because a man can't teach a girl how to be a woman. Don't get it twisted. We can give her, we can drop some jewels. You know what I mean, Ella? We can drop some jewels. Absolutely. We can definitely help them out, but there's no way possible, possible, I don't believe, that a man can teach a female girl how to be the woman that she needs to be in this world uh, going ahead. Ella, you know, I'm I'm looking more at your book right now, and I'm looking at something that, that really hits home to me, and uh, it says setbacks. Mm. Um, in your book, I'm just going to read just this first sentence because this is very powerful. Uh, it says <laughs> setbacks are opportunities that allow us to rethink, reconsider, revamp our plans for restoring our lives 
setbacks mm-hmm. sounds like it can destroy you. What does setbacks mean to you? Well, sister, well, before I go there, if you don't mind, can I touch on what you were talking about before? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You cut in when you like, brother. The, when you start talking about men, see, I'm very passionate when it comes to the upbringing of men. Um, when I was younger, I, I don't mind saying this. I'm going to get naked with you a little bit, okay, Pudgy? Go for it. Because I'm very, I'm very transparent, and because I think it's important for whether it's listeners or readers of my book know how transparent I actually am because I have nothing to hide. My, um, my, we're, I come up from foster care situation, right? It's 813. Um, I was pushed into the foster care system like a lot of these young men are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest brother was three. And he had to go through foster home to foster home. So I made a promise to myself and to my mother. I said, look, as soon as I get the opportunity, I'm going to get my brother. Now, I didn't realize how <laughs> how fast that time was going to come because yeah. when I got when I became the age of maturity in the foster care system, I had nowhere to go. I was homeless. And I had wow. a scholarship at Southern University. I had a scholarship at Southern University. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world I'm going to work my butt off to get to get a place for my, to raise my brother because at this particular time he's in a group home and he's in a very unfortunate situation. So mm-hmm. I talked to his caseworker and she said, well, you might want to do something like the military. And I looked at her, my jaw dropped to the ground. Like, what are you talking about? I don't like my local government, let alone my federal government. That's how I felt. <laughs> and, but, I hear that. <laughs> so, but he meant more to me than anything. So I, I went and joined the Marine Corps. Joined the Marine Corps, forfeited my scholarship to um, – Southern University and came back home, and they still put me through rigor moral and put me through hoops and loops. And I touch about I touch on this in the book, but I pray to God that I get custody before he turned 13. I got him when he was 12. And I said to say this: my goal was to take away the reasons why he wasn't going to become a man. I he he did not see me um, get drunk. He didn't see me put my hands on a woman. He didn't see me put have multiple women come into the house. He I made sure he always dressed himself and and spoke the way he should as a man should, hardworking, ethical, and, be, and, and chivalrous. Now, when you said chivalrous is not dead, chivalry has just been dead, sleek for a long time. Yeah. And it, it only awakens when men realize that they are actually men and they have the confidence as a man. The problem is there's so much cowardness in these young men today. And whatever the excuse may be, it goes back to the conditioning of their environment and what they have embraced. If I'm told enough times I'm not going to be anything or I'm a punk or whatever um, colloquial term as whether positive or negative it is, I'm going to embrace it, and that's going to be my crutch. I wanted to make sure I took that from him. Now, he's, he's a professional boxer at this particular time, but yet now he lives according to his will, but he didn't see me do the things that a lot of his friends have to grow up with. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Wow, and, and I commend you for that too because that's very challenging, and, and I think it – I don't know if it hits home to a lot of people out there, but they have to understand there's some key words that you said that that really hit home to me. You said that you were prepared to go to college and that you were homeless. You were at the age of adulthood, according to the foster foster system. So that means you were probably at age of, what, 17, 18 years old? I was 18, um, went to Marine Corps at 19. That's a whole lot for for a teenager. That's a lot for a young adult to have to swallow. So my brother, I man, I, I give you highest praise and honor because there's not a lot of people who could would who would step up to the plate to do something like that. So I, I definitely give you praise and honor. Um we gotta go to commercial and then since you brought up your brother, I, I want to go a little bit in depth with you about 
Um, you know, we have this Trayvon Martin case that's going on that, that a lot of people are. It, you know what? It's not even a case, actually. And that's that's probably the most saddest fact about this horrific incident is that it's not even a case yet. It's not even a case file. Um, you, you know, we have this Trayvon Martin uh, horrific murder uh, uh, that's going on. You know, people are talking about this in the nation down in Sanford, Florida. So I'm I'm not going to get into it about that just yet. Uh, we have more to talk about in your book that I think is going to be more beneficial to people, especially people whom are, are bothered by this Trayvon Martin incident. The title of the book is Moving Forward Courageously. It's definitely something people need to read to help them possibly get over this event. You know, I think maybe uh, this event bothered me so much, I think maybe I need to go back and probably read read some of the book that helped me get over this situation. And it's not even my child, but it hit home so easily because I have a 14-year-old son that jogs. I, I jog. We live in a, a, a not a gated community, but we live in a pretty decent neighborhood. So, you know, this didn't only happen to the Martins or Trayvon Martin and his parents. I think it hit home because it's first person and it resonated to a lot of us in America. So, I, you know, I think a lot of people are paying attention because of that. But um, I got to go to commercial. I want you to hang on, and then we're going to get into uh, what happened when you were in the foster home. And uh, to me, how you had to overcome something that was you can't even imagine. You know, most people can't even imagine happened to any individual. So if you don't have a problem with that, we'll be right back after this message. I am on the air with my man, Ella Thomas, author of the book, Moving Forward Courageously. Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life. Got to go to commercial. When we come back, I'm taking a caller before we get Ella back on. If you got questions for the author or whatever you got to comment on. Also, the Trayvon Martin. We got a lot of people who want to comment on that. 619-638-8559 is the number. Make sure you hit number one if you got a comment. If not, just sit on the air and rock with us. A lot of people listen by phone, and I definitely appreciate it. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. If you're on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy, that's me, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show. We're also on Facebook for you Facebookers. That's Facebook.com slash K-I-R-P Radio Show. And you can catch us on iTunes right now. The iTunes is popping. The lines is buzzing. We are blazing. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Nas Be a Nizzle 2. Be right back. The number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then... Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament.
across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. K-I-R-P Radio! Are you a high school senior in a public high school in Durham County, North Carolina, or Orange County, North Carolina, and you're headed to a historically black college or university? Or are you a high school senior in Iredale County, North Carolina, and you're headed to Catawba Community College? If you meet any of these three qualifications, go to emmascholarship.org. Find out how you can get your free money for college today. E-M-M-A scholarship.org. Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques. 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques. 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy, and we are on the air with author Ella Thomas. Ella L. Thomas, author of Moving Forward Courageously, Seven Secrets to Restoring Love, Happiness, Love, Money, and Happiness in Your Life. This man is, uh, 
he's a very genuine soul, man. He's a very, very cool guy, you know. A lot of he's, he's he keeps it real. I like that. Shout out to everybody out there who's listening to me. We got quite the shout out list, but I'll try to get to you guys as soon as we can. If you got more shout outs, hit us up on our Twitter page. That's at KIRP Radio Show. Or you can hit me up personally and just let me know all the beef that you have with all the things that I say on this show. A lot of people say, you imposing your will, talking about Jesus Christ on your show, and we don't really care about what you believe. So if you don't care what I believe, hit me up and let me know, and we can talk about it, man, because I personally think what I believe can benefit everybody. That's just me. It is what it is. K-I-R-P radio at gmail.com. If you got a gripe or you got a commercial, you want to broadcast on the show, hit us up. Let's talk about it. Let's see if we can do what we do. Also, giving a shout-out to the people out there at Emma Scholarship Fund. That's Emma Scholarship Fund for you folks out there who live in eastern North Carolina. You go to a H, excuse me, you go to a historically black um, college you can or, or university you can also sign up for the Emma Scholarship Fund. That's a scholarship for all the students out there who are enrolled or who will enroll in colleges. It might help you get some books, so this may have you. So check it out. Shout out to Chris Scheller and uh, the Scheller people, the Scheller family, for showing us some love and getting that commercial here on the show. And uh, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing for some people out there. And I also got to give a B.I.G. shout out to my family at the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Everybody out there, we just finished our leadership summit. Always a beautiful event. Shout out to the people out there in Michigan who show us a lot of love. I see VA in here. We got uh, Ohio. We got North Carolina, of course, Raleigh. Shout out to my people out there in Wilson, NC. Your B.I.G. in my book. Shout out to my girl, KTT, man. Avid listener, huge supporter. I see you. I saw your tweet. Big B.I.G. Shout out to you. And shout out to everybody out there on the Facebook pages. Deonia D. Nevu, shout out to you too, baby. My man, Kevin Watkins. Shout out to you. Also, shout out to Randolph Pope and the family. Shout out to all you guys, my Miller family. Shout out to my granddad, man. My grand. Let me. Can we get the? Thank you for stopping the music. Shout out to Reverend Miller, man, who came through, seventy plus years old, holding us down, coming on the show. That's B.I.G. right there, man. My granddad called me through the first break and said, "Boy, I'm trying to get on the show, and I don't know how to listen to you." And you know, we got him on the show, and he's listening. So, shout out to my grandfather. That's B.I.G. I, you know, if if I have one thing that I want to do, I just want to try my best to be able to put both of my 13, 14 size feet. Um, excuse me, man. I'm getting tongue-tied here because it's getting a little emotional. But uh, I just, if I could put both of my feet in one of my grandfather's shoes, I would be, you know, uh, just a great man because he – okay, I'm not really crying. I, I try, but I'm not really crying. But you know what? My grandfather, he's a crazy, crazy, beautiful man. Uh, uh, he, he really – He's a. It's hard to put in words when when you get somebody that's that great and that's that personal, uh, that shows that much love to everybody. It's very very hard to uh, put words to who they are. So I don't have the words. They don't even make the words. All I can do is say my grandfather is quite the individual, and if I could live up to his accomplishments um, in the in, in the community and in his church. I, I will be a better man for it, and, and I think the guy will be happy with me when I leave this earth or when he decides to come back. Anyway, uh, moving right along, the number is 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. I'm going to area code 760. You are the only 760 caller on the air. If you got something to say, speak. Yeah, this is uh, Dwayne. I just want to give a shout-out to Elliot. Uh his little sister Mika and I are very proud of him, and the book is very inspirational. Nice. I appreciate that. Eric, where you calling from, brother? Nah, this is Dwayne. I'm calling from Cali. 
Oh, and I'm sorry, man. I, yo, shout out to all my Cali listeners too. I, I can't forget. I can't re, re, can't believe I forgot you all out there. And uh, let's. Oh go. yeah, no doubt. Got a QL it up. You're looking up, Dwayne. We we all got. Right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Ella, you you we got you on. Yes, sir. Okay, good. You know we got Dwayne on the air showing you some love. I appreciate hey, what's it. up, Thank you so much, Dwayne. How you doing? Uh, no problem, man. Hey, I'm proud of you, bro. You getting it in? I I appreciate, appreciate it, man. Thank you very much for calling in. You know, I'm definitely going to need to be speaking to you guys here um, a little bit later as well. Oh, no problem. So, um, Dwayne, let me let me ask you a question while I got you on the air, brother, because we allow people to speak their minds, and, and I definitely, in between Elliot coming on the show and uh, highlighting his book for us, which is also a beautiful thing, let me ask you about this Trayvon Martin case, man. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on with that? Oh, uh, man, it's... Uh... It's just an injustice, man. I mean, it's uh. Well, I, I'm gonna tell you like this. I was uh, I was living in the South for like 14 years, man, and it's it's just it's just a horrible thing, bro. Mm. Well, I, I think that's a lot of people, man, I, and I, I appreciate you sharing with us because it, it's a lot of people who feel uh, a way that's undescribable. You know what I mean, brother? And it's 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 one of those situations. Where it's right. just undescribable, it's unbelievable, it shouldn't be feasible, and and we all hope that something will happen. Uh, speaking on justice, you know, we we all looking for some sort of justice. We hope justice prevails because there's a lot of maniacs, man. There's people out here that want to take this in their own hands, and we know that's not the way. We do not need more deaths going on. But um, you know, I, I highlight this incident because I think we all need to pay more attention to other things that are happening right in our backyard, right in our front yard, right in our own community. So, you know, Trayvon Martin isn't the only one. I highlight his case because it's nationally talked about, but there are a lot of other cases that are going on too. Would you not agree? Correct. All right, well, Dwayne, we appreciate you calling in, man. Shout out to all my people out there in Cali. What part of Cali are you calling from? Calling from Victorville. Victorville. Shout out to the people in Victorville, California, IA, brother. Peace. We appreciate you. Hope you call in again. All right, bro. No doubt. So uh, shout out to all my California folks out there, all my people out there in L.A., WMMG family out there in L.A. Every Wednesday night, 5 Eastern time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, we rocking the airways. Uh, we're on the air right now with Ella Thomas, author, prolific individual and author of the book Moving Forward Courageously, and he's been highlighting some of this book for us. Uh, Ella, in, in, in very few words, uh, what can you tell us when it comes to why we should buy this book moving forward courageously. I believe, in my opinion, the book is very timely for times such as these. One thing I've learned is this. There's a lot of empowerment books. Let's just be honest. There's a lot of empowerment books, right? There's a lot of um, do A, then you should get B, and that's the whole equation. But what about the situation that you always face? It's going to take courage, and essentially the way that the, courage, um, the book was designed is that you can't even move to part two unless you got part one understood, mm. which is choose. And there's seven choices that we all need to make because some dimension of our happiness is attached to one of these. Uh, we, you know, when we go into a certain situation, we can choose to accept it, choose to forgive, which a lot of people have a problem with, choose to love. That's really difficult after you've been dealing with heartache all the time. Choose to dream again, as you mentioned before. Choose to take action. So many of us are not succeeding and enjoying life because we're 
experiencing too much procrastination in our lives. We're giving too much time and energy to not doing the things that we know we need to be doing. Yeah. Um, choose, choose to have faith. I'm a man of God. I really believe in my Lord Jesus Christ. I not to impose that on anybody else. However, that's just what I believe because I've been through situations that I know it can only be him that got me through. Um, yeah. And then lastly, choose not to look back. After you make your decision about what is leaving an abusive situation, leaving a job, whatever it is, choose not to look back because what's going to happen you're going to face some particular elements that's going to want to push you back to going to what you're comfortable with, but it's going to take courage for you to press forward. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So that's you, the reason. That's that's pretty much the reason for individuals who need to get this book. Well, um, you know, just, just let's move a little forward and let's get back into your book here. I think I strayed off enough. And uh, you got a section in here um, where you talk about the usual action versus the alternative action. And then, let me tell you, <laughs> I was on, uh, let me think where I was at, at the moment, because I shared this with the person that was sitting beside me. And uh, this lady said, you know what? That's My son does every one of those. <laughs> it was funny. I can't remember. I was on the plane. I was going somewhere, man, and I'm reading a book. You know, I, you know the good thing about this book is that if you look at the book, right, and you're reading the book to all the people out there who want to seem smart, because you know I, you know I, I want people to know that I'm smart. I don't want people to think I'm dumb. You know what I mean? So to all the people out there who want to seem smart, if you get this book, the cover looks so good that you could just hold the cover. You don't even have to. Re- you can put a comic book in the middle of it if you want to, but you don't even have to read the book. You can just put it up and just act like you're reading. And I gar- I bet you, man, I guarantee anybody out there. That if you just hold the book and act like you're reading it, you could be dozing off or whatever you're doing. You be picking your nose. I don't know, but you can be doing anything. <laughs> Bite your fingernails. Who knows anything? But the book, the cover looks so good that it's gonna make somebody ask you a question about it. I promise you. But all you you, you got to make that grunt that mm, every now and then. So <laughs> while you're acting like you're reading the book, just flip a page and go mm, every now and then. And I guarantee you, the person beside you or across from you is gonna ask you about it because several people. Asked me and three people, four people that stood out that asked me about the book that actually responded and and I let them read the part that I was on and they said, man, I got to get a hold of this book. How can I do it? And I gave them the website and and etc. But man, this this the cover is beautiful. But this this section, uh, I'm not I don't even remember what chapter it is because I actually wrote my notes down. I have the book here too, but I, I don't like flipping back and forth through the book. But you have a section in there that talks about usual action. Versus the alternative action, and I just want to read over these three. You have um, the usual action is have sex. The alternative action is write in my book. The usual action is get drunk. The alternative action is cook a nice dinner. The usual action is fight, yell, argue. The alternative to that is write a letter about how I feel. The other usual action is punch a hole in the wall. The alternative action is meditate, pray. The usual action is go to a nightclub. The alternative action is read a book. The usual action is alienate myself. The alternative action is spend time with family and friends. The usual action is waddle in pity. The alternative is take a walk in a park or beach. The last usual action is blame others. The alternative action is play basketball or ping pong. Now, reading these off, I know a lot of people are going, you know, what's he talking about? I didn't think it was going to be like that. But reading into this, 
you were talking about yourself, right, Ella? That's correct. What? What? Correct. Where did this even come from? Where did the usual versus alternative, and and what made you even express this in the book? Where, where did this come from? What what spawned this? Very good question. This is in the third um, principle, um, use the power of negative emotion for positive action. Uh, one thing I've learned is that oftentimes we do a lot of destructive activities. Um, individuals who have vision, there's no excuse for us to do these destructive activities. Well, what I, I was conditioned in my environment, and a lot of people do, is you're trying to find a, a quick fix, something that's going to be stimulating to you either physically or to you mentally. And oftentimes those things that you read off about me, like I told you, I'm going to be very transparent. Um, growing up, after being molested, what have you, um, I saw sex as a way of expressing myself when I was in anger and mm-hmm. because I didn't never believe I'm hitting a woman. However, I was doing something just as destructive when I was being in a, um, physically intimate with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect so, sense. When I was given my vision, I said, okay, look, the hardest thing that anyone needs to do can do is look in the mirror. The mirror will show you exactly who you truly are. And when I realized that after the losses I had with relationships and I found out why am I actually going through these particular or I'm doing these particular activities, it comes down to this. You know what? I don't have control or I lost control of who I am. And then I don't know who I am. So a lot of these things I was doing in my usual actions is how I would deal with the hurt and the pain and the issues I was dealing with like a lot of people do. If you notice, there's a lot of individuals who might be financially affluent, but they're doing a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. They're they're dying over some ridiculous things that they have control over, but a lot of times they're just trying to find some way to console themselves in this particular situation they're facing. Um, so what I learned is that I had to do something for me that's equally stimulating that's in a positive fashion than I would in an adverse negative fashion. Make sense? Makes perfect sense. Wow. And, and it takes courage to examine yourself. Let's just be honest. You go, to sit down and identify when I'm upset, when I'm disappointed, when I'm angry, when I'm bothered, what is it I normally do? And you take account of those. And now the next word is a bad word. It's called accountability. You have to be accountable for your own actions. Like, I have to be accountable that, yes, I do these things to either, uh, and when I do these, I'm either hurting myself or I'm hurting somebody else that cares about me. Mm. Now, what can I do in lieu of to get me closer to where I ultimately would like to be? Because if you notice, each one of those usual actions is a drawback. It's going to take you back further. It's going to put you in a situation that you don't want to be in. One thing I've learned is anger, hurt, is such a powerful emotion, and it's so powerful. The problem that we have is that we struggle with how to properly direct it. It's kind of like a laser. Laser is nothing more than a, a whole lot of energy being in one particular area. Mm-hmm. problem is when we actually have our own situations, we just being in everything. <laughs> wow. So, Oh, my book, so accomplishing the book was such a big focus of mine, I had to learn, okay, how do I use this, either A, put it as a character in my book, or use it to somewhere that's going to position me higher than where I am right now or where I was. Wow. So this is all self-evaluation, right? That is self-evaluation. So that's my, that's my, the example of the book is mine. And I think um, the alternative action list, individuals have to have the courage in themselves, like, you know what, I'm going to sit down. Why is my relationship not working? What, does I do? what do I do when I'm angry? You'd be surprised. The top three, you ready for the top three? Yeah, please. The most people engage in, self-alienation, promiscuity, and overindulgences in sex, alcohol, drugs. Oh, excuse me, alcohol, drugs. Sure. 
are, are those the most easy you think or is that is that the reason why people indulge in those the most it's the easiest um from what i've read is the easiest it's the it's the quickest fix temporary fix if you will mhm let's say for example if i'm numb i can no longer be hurt again hence mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol there's a lot of um endorphins that take place when you're having sex so that's how a lot of people get addicted to it then, 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 there's the, then there's the violence aspect that, you know, people just want to wall out. And the problem is they don't necessarily know how to actually redirect that energy. Mm-hmm. We don't come into life with a, 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 man, a manual of Eller Thomas or a manual for Pudgy Miller. We actually create that manual based upon um, our social environments, um, how we were raised, because not everyone was born in a, um, a, a two-parent household or they know how it feels to actually achieve certain things. And there's people who have been hurt in the very environment that they're that's supposed to protect them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can't judge uh, an individual for doing some erratic things because I don't know what the story is. However, what I can do is help them with a system to get back to a place where they need to be or help them um, get further along than mm-hmm. they would if they continue in that same mindset. Wow. Um, you You mentioned being molested, and, and I don't know, I know you don't want to go, I, well, I don't know how, how much you want to go into that, but um, something that I found out through through dating various women in, in my time, um, uh, there's a lot more people that keep that, that bottle cap that, that have been molested in their lifetime. Um, there are a lot of women that have been raped or, or uh, wrongfully grabbed or touched or groped or assaulted, let me just, I should say, um, and it goes unseen, unheard, and, and not even talked about. And, uh, you know, like like I was, I was talking about earlier, again, you know, the psych evaluations, um, I think there's a lot of incidents that happens in our lives, and, and, and not even being molested, there's other things that can happen in your life that could bother you so much to the point where you have a false sense of reality. And, uh, you know, I just want to ask you, um, well, first, can you share, uh, and I'm not sure, again, what chapter it was in, but I do have this noted here, what chapter it was in uh, when you talked about your stepfather and, and that uh, that whole situation. If you could, from the beginning, that, w- that would be great. Absolutely. I have no problem with this. Um, shout out to my sister. I love her, Jeff, because um, she, was my, she was my best friend, and she endured we we together endured so much. When I was younger, I think I was 13 and she was 11. And you know, my you know living in the projects, um, my stepdad met him. You know, when I was five years old. So it goes to show you how long he's been in my life. Mm-hmm. And you ever heard that uh, that saying? Have you ever danced with the devil underneath the pole, the pale moonlight? I yeah. assure you, I had him living in my house. Well, wow. every first of the fifth of the month where the food stamps came in and we actually had the government checks came in, um, he would get high and drunk. <clears throat> and when he got that way, he was highly violent. And uh, my mother, she would be in a different different room, you know, sleep, what have you. Um, but he would try to think of my sister's room. So my goal is to always try to protect my sister. And in the book, it's actually in Chapter 2, uh, talking about choosing to forgive is when I depict this particular situation that was happening. And Every time I try to protect my sister from him molesting her, because he tried to molest her every time he had a chance to, and I, I'm so proud of her right now because she's still she's an outstanding mother, and I have to let her know that right now that I love her to death. Beautiful. Um, 
Um, so I would have her in my room try to protect her. But here I am, 13, weighing, what, 110. This gentleman was 6'6", weighed about 256. <laughs> and what he would do, he would beat the crap out of me because I would interfere with him trying to molest my sister. Okay. So, and this, this is the point where I feel like there was no God that didn't exist because every month, on the dot, every first and the fifth, I kid you not, Pudgy, I was a piñata, I assure you. And I was laying in a puddle of blood. I thought I was dead. I, all of a sudden, I, my body went limp. I was cold. And then I just felt peace. I'm like, wow, this is weird. The only reason why I know I wasn't dead is because I heard my mom screaming because he's beating on her. So that happened for quite some time until we got, that's the reason why we got sent to the foster care. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, when you said something about when people hold things in, all I wanted to do is the next time I saw him was kill him. That's the only thing I, I thought I was living for, period. Mm. Um, when, I was, when I was training, when I was lifting weights, I was like, the day when I meet this cat. <laughs> um, because that is a situation that's hard to overcome. And then it messes up it messes up your psyche your relationships. It messes up her relationships with men because she couldn't really trust any men because she was violated at such a young age. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really trust women because he told me that the only thing a woman's good for is X, Y, Z. Gotcha. So I understand the psychological barriers that I had to overcome. Now, this is what comes tricky. Remember, I talk about truth, truth forgive, right? Right, right, right. Um, when God put my pastor, hey, Pastor Gary Hay Sr. in my life. <clears throat> Shout out to your pastor, too, by the way. Yes, indeed. Thank you. He was, he was, he, I, I just went through a horrible relationship situation, and I was broken down, and he helped build me back up to the point in my heart, I realized the reason why I'm having such a destructive lifestyle because I never forgiven him. My sister's grown this particular time, but yet, wouldn't you believe it? I had an opportunity to meet this cat face to face. My mother gave me a, somehow gave quite his phone number. I called him. He said, "Me, you, and the kids, they get together." Now, keep in mind, this is 15 years later. I'm like, no, no, you are not. You won't be meeting anybody. It'll be meeting you one on one. Now, keep in mind. I'm a lot bigger. I'm not the same 13-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, Marine Corps trained, which, you know, I believe that one alone. <laughs> we, we, don't, we just trained and mobilized people, all right? No, yeah, I got you. And it's, and it's really weird because I told my pastor that I'm going to get a chance to meet this individual. And he said, preach, and that's what he called me. You're going to see that life has done him the justice that you can't do. That went through one ear and after the other. But yet, keep in mind, just a year ago, I said, Lord, I forgive him because I wanted the blessings with God. Now, I went to go pick him up, believe it or not. This is strange, I know. First thing I knew that something was wrong is that he was homeless. He, he was living in a homeless shelter. Wow, you serious? I'm dead serious. Went to um, this particular restaurant, <clears throat> Denny's, and I, yeah, I took up my jacket and said, Dang, boy, you got pretty big, you know? My, you know, Bamp, which is my other baby brother, that's his nickname, that is his direct son. <clears throat> mm-hmm. He said, you know, Bam told me about all the things you were going to go. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, let me tell you, let me stop you. I don't like you. I just have a few questions because I need this chapter closed. After why he did the things to my mother, why he did the things to my sister. Um, he blamed on drugs, alcohol, and the way he was raised, yada, yada. And I said, you know what? Keep in mind, Pudge, I had to relive every waking moment, every heart-screeching scream of my sister back when she was 11, when I'm talking to this individual. Tears run in my eyes. I said, you know what? You know what saved him? He said, he said, Ellert, in 1995, I got saved. I don't know what happened. Something broke in me. He told me that he has to register as a sex offender everywhere he goes. He's disabled. He's back. He, he can't work anywhere. And my pastor's right. You know what? There's nothing else I could do to this man. 
besides take his life. He's, he's suffering more now. If I was to take him out, I would A, jeopardize everything I worked hard for, and B, he would actually be out of the pain. So I, I'd say, you know what, I forgive you and close that chapter. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Actually forgave the man. That that's a yeah. lot to swallow, Elliot. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I read it in the book. I I did read it, and and while reading it, you know, I was glued to this book at this point. You know, and, and reading this book is a bit of a roller coaster, and, and it levels you out perfectly. But it, it starts with you know you you kind of facing uh, uh, some adversity, and and then you find a little a, a glimmer of light at the tunnel. And and then you realize, you know, well, okay, I need to do this for myself. You know, speaking on the book, I need to do this for myself. So here are the steps that, steps that I need to take to get out of a slump. And then I kept reading and reading, and I get into this part of the book. And, man, my heart broke in half. You understand what I'm telling you? My heart broke in half because I'm pick, when I read things and, and – I've always I tell my wife I read the Bible like this, you know, and I tell all people, even when I speak places, I read the Bible in in the context of me actually looking around me like I'm walking through the events while they're going on. Like mm-hmm. I'm walking, you know, and and I'm seeing these things take place that I'm reading about, whether they be you know, literal or parable. I'm I'm actually in my mind I'm I'm walking through these events like I'm like Genesis. I read Genesis like I'm walking through it watching it. So I'm I'm reading your book and I'm walking through it and I'm in the corner while you're you're in the corner and this man is doing these things to you and I'm in the corner looking at what's going on. And 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 I, while reading it I felt a sense of uh anger, a lot of anger. I felt a a, a huge sense of uh heart hurt hurt, excuse me. Heart hurt, you know what I mean? My heart was, was mm-hmm. actually hurting for you. And, and I know, man, you're a grown man now. I know that this was at a young age. I mean, I'm not crazy. But, you know, that's how the book actually pulled me in. And, and, and I'm reading this stuff because you're sharing it. And, and it takes a lot of courage. You talk about courage, which is part of the title of your book, Moving Forward Courageously. You talk about courage? Whew. It took a lot of, it had to take a lot of courage for you to share that with people. So people could actually understand where you were coming from and how you got to the point where you are now, how you can tell people how to move forward courageously. Because let me tell you and me, there's a lot of people who would have killed this man after all those years, thinking back to the things that you referred to in your book. There are a lot of people that would have hunted him down and killed him. So, you know, I, I can't even say at this point in my life, I'm, I'm pretty sure, not pretty sure, I'm definitely sure that I wouldn't do that in, at this point in my life, but there's been some time ago in my life where I would have murdered that man. So, you know, I, I look at this and I go, you know, if you want the perfect example of someone talking about moving forward courageously, if anybody can tell me what moving forward courageously is, if anybody can tell me something about being cur- having courage and, and about moving forward and forgiving, it's Ella Thomas, the man who authored this book. And told about his personal story, so I, I just want to commend you, man, and, and and say that you know you're the real deal. You know, there ain't no faking Ella. It's, it's nothing but the real deal, man. And and you know, I I commend you, man, for for being a child of God, man, and continue wanting to do what you do. I mean, because we all we all fight these demons, if you will. We all go through these trials and these tribulations, but you seem to have a knack for finding the bright side of things and sharing that with people. 
And, and I think in large part, that's what your book does. I think that's what it's all about. And, and just in that chapter, those are some things that can ruin people for a lifetime to come. And, and when you ruin individuals, you also have to think about the people that they encounter, that they come in contact with. Because when you meet people, you don't immediately see the wounds. They, they, a lot of times people go into a corner, they go into hiding, and they, they lick their wounds, and then they come out. And when you meet them, you don't meet those wounds. You don't meet that same wounded individuals. Now it's, they licked over those wounds. They, they've somewhat healed, but they're still there. You know. So after spending some time with folks, you find out that those wounds aren't only still there, they still hurt. They've never been taken care of. They've never been treated properly. They just got a Band-Aid on top of them so people can't see where they're hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people to, to a degree, even if you, you haven't been through something like that, I think people should read this so they can understand uh, how to possibly deal with someone who has those wounds. And 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 that's you, my brother. I mean, you you're the type of person who have actually had those wounds. But reading this book, it shows me that those wounds have healed. You've faced them. You've got them treated, and and you're a new man because of it. So I, you know, just in 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 direct focus to just the situation that you're talking about. How does someone get over something like this, really? You know, it's, to be honest with you, it, it, it takes time. Um, I, there is, I would, I would not try to fool anyone to, to make them believe that you know what, you're gonna be over this over <clears throat> overnight. That's not the case. No, 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 no. Because you gotta think about the condition, the psychological conditioning, the physical toy that's taken on you. Any person that says, okay, you know, if this happened to me, I'll be good, I'll be good, I'll be good, or whatever excuse they make, that's a lie. What are you doing? You going into a defense mode. <clears throat> And I think what happens, people don't have enough enough people in their life to trust to open up to them about their hurt. So they it, they mask it. They mask it. And where, like, for give you a good example, there's some women who will either a move forward, like you know what that happened to me. I'm healing. This I'm dealing with it. Um, I can still love a person. Not everyone's out there to hurt me, right? Or mm-hmm. b there's a woman who says, you know what, this has happened to me. There is no type of love for me, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z and get the best of them before they get the best of me. Now, both women experience the same thing. The question is, how cowardly or how crazy is I'm going to be? Because the, the first woman, the, the, crazy, the craziest individual, is like, you know what, look, this has happened. Uh, I'm going to go get spiritually healed. I'm going to turn my life over spiritually, wherever that aspect may be, um, to God. Other person's like, you know what, they're going to continue to be use that as a crush for why they behave so ugly as, as they may behave. Mm-hmm. And my sister, I give her so much props, and I love her death because she has she has two beautiful daughters. Mm-hmm. She's a highly prominent woman back in Seattle. She's doing she's doing. Great thing, you know. She still faces her Beautiful. challenges. This is some nights that she experienced. However, she is making the best of a situation that happened to her um, some 18 years ago. And when you start talking about, when I start talking about people who are courageous, people look at me like, "Ellen, how did you overcome that?" You know what? I, my question is, I don't know how the people who are around me overcome some of the issues that they overcome. Wow. And I get strength just by looking at them because I refuse to fall or fail. Because she hasn't, I have no excuse. Yeah. We're talking. 
we were talking about Trayvon um, Martin earlier, right? You asked me a question. Mm-hmm. Um, and how can people move forward from this? You know what? There is no easy answer to how you move forward because he, he, we don't know how long it's going to take for a person to heal. When you lose a child, I raised my, my baby brother. My baby brother did get into some street activities, even though this gentleman, I believe, hasn't. And I used to pray every night, like, Lord, you know what? I can't watch him every moment. And he's gotten to the point where, you know, he felt like he was invincible. Had that have happened, I'm the type of person, I would give my life for any one of my brothers and sisters, hands down. My conversation with him one day, I say, you know what I fear most, mm-hmm. more than anything? is that it's going to take my life for you to change yours. Thankfully, he has grown to become the individual he's become. He's still finding himself. I'm so proud of him. But this situation, mm-hmm. you, there's no such thing as I can heal overnight from a loss of a child. And then you got to think about society at this particular time as well. How do we let things get to this point? Because this is not the only situation that's taking place in this particular atmosphere. There's a lot of this going on in, every, you know, in, in a lot of states, in a lot of um, cities. So it's just this one is getting um, national notoriety because of, like you said earlier, individuals want to make their own name and add a few words. But you're dealing with an ineffective system that's producing ineffective people. So we can we can rant and rave about what's taking place because my heart goes out to that family. But the question is a deeper question. How, what are we doing to prevent stuff like this from occurring? We can debate it all we want to. I was talking to an individual. They were talking about how we need to get leaders out of office, leaders out of these particular positions. I told them this. It does not matter what leader oftentimes you put in a particular position if the system itself is ineffective. And this is actually a great result of what an ineffective system looks like. Mm. You know, wh- what is done, what is being done um, in large part to prevent things like this? Because, you know, just, just going off a little bit, um, a lot of times in the foster systems, uh, the situations, frankly, there's no other way to put it. They suck. You know, that that's yeah. the only good way that I can put it. A lot of the situations just plainly suck, man. And and mm-hmm. it's almost I mean, I don't I can't speak so much on it, but I mean I I've seen a lot of it, you know, and I know of a lot of it, but it sucked because it's almost like a blind eye is being turned to it so they don't have to deal with it. Is that fair to say? I would say I would Okay, this is this is how I answer this question. I wouldn't necessarily turn a blind eye to it. I think the reason why so many people are not effective in what to do, especially in this particular system, they don't know the how. You you can't get enough people who can implement the how or create a system or a structure to say, okay, this is what we're going to implement. Because oftentimes there's not a lot of, enough commitment there, and with commitment you need funding. Where are the funding going to come from? Mm-hmm. You, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Because I, I can speak about the foster care system, and I know it, they, it breeds, I don't, I'm not going to say the foster care system itself breeds great people or horrible people, but I think what a person has been mentally and physically exposed to, oftentimes is what their mindset is going to lead them to do later on in life. If people told me I was supposed to live past 21, budgie. Yeah, I heard that, that too. Face. 
And going back to Trayvon Martin's situation, i got to tell you the story real quick. My cousin, I love him to death. My cousin um, was from Louisiana. He came to visit me in Seattle. I was 15 at the time. Again, I loved his lifestyle. He had the women. You know, he looked flashy. He was a gang member, but yet he never, you would never know it because he didn't, he didn't carry himself saggy pants or his, his rag in his pocket. He, it was a condition he did when he was younger. Mm-hmm. They attached that to an individual, but yet he was trying to change his life. But he still had a mentality of um, survival in his head, period. And by any means necessary. So we're at this particular drive-in late nights. It's like 12:30 at night. I was talking to him about how I wanted to be like him. You know what he told me? What's that? I will whoop your butt if I ever heard you want to be like me. I'm living my life through you. I'm just, I didn't understand what that meant. So we go to the drive-in. I order the food. This beautiful woman comes out and asking for directions. She says, "Shorty, I'm not from here." And then her boyfriend gets out. Obviously, a gentleman from a rival gang, what have you. <clears throat> And my cousin looked at him and said, look, you know what, don't talk to me, talk to your girls. My cousin got ready to order the food because all this is outside, and dude punches him in his face. Wow. Now, my cousin, my cousin was a Golden Glove boxer. He's the only person I knew who was psycho enough to videotape his own gang initiation. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So he spanked this guy, and it was like this huge brawl. So long story short, two weeks later, before he was getting ready to leave, um, he told me about when I get graduated from high school, he's going to buy me my first cigar. When I turned 21, he's going to buy me my first drink. And all I heard was two shots. He threw me on the ground, and he fell on top of me. So when it comes to street violence, I'm well aware about the anger that it actually creates. Um, one day, his friend told me, he's like, um, we're going to take care of this situation. And I'm like, okay, fine, I'm coming with you all. Because I mean, that's the first thing that you go to. When you lose somebody as close as that to you, the only person that believes in you, oh, you have nothing else to lose. That's right. So... So essentially, um, they told me, would your cousin want you to come with us? I said, my cousin's not here. I said, I will whoop your little butt, boy. And these cats are like, you know, six, eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I didn't see them two months later, and I asked them, you guys ever find that cat? And they said, you know what, let's just put it this way. Your cousin and him is handling their issues where they are right now. And I just broke down. And then I started remembering my brother. My reason for living is for my baby brothers and my sisters. Wow. And I promised I promised myself to never emulate that lifestyle so they could never say my brother did X Y Z. If they did it, they're gonna do it on their own. Mm. On the air with Ella Thomas, <laughs> author of the book <laughs> Moving Forward Courageously. Folks, you guys gotta get this book, man. If if you think it's going down now, when you actually read the book for yourself, you'll really understand what's going on. And uh, you really understand why why I feel so great, why I feel so endeared um, to this guy, Ella Thomas, man. Um, you know, Ella, I, there's so much we can go into in your book, man. That just for there's a lot of it that seems to be, uh, I call it common sense, extreme common sense, common <laughs> sense on another level. You know what okay. I mean? But at the end of the day, I, and we both know it's. it's, it's it's a lot more than common sense. Let's let's not under undermine the book. But um for me it was common sense on the extreme level because I was on I'm I'm on the wave path of this book. Uh, you know, this exactly reflects of this this is a reflection of the, the moves that I have made to correct my life. So I know that this book works. I know for a fact because I'm living testament of it before I ever read the book. I know it works. So this is like my thoughts and my life on pen and paper, man. You know what I mean? In print in the form of a book. 
So I I know that this works. There's nobody in the world that can tell me, yeah, I read that book and it sucked and da 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 da. No 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 no. You can't you can't tell me that because I'm living testament of it before I ever read it. You dig what I'm saying? So it, it, it's more it's it's more than just uh, uh, a few words on paper. And and I never ever I've never highlighted someone's book to this magnitude, Ella, just by the way. I've had a few authors on the show. We've talked about their book, and they have written good books. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, it is what it is, but I've never elevated anybody to this point that I'm elevating you, man, and you're always welcome on this show, by the way, while I'm speaking about it. Um, I think you're a great guy, and I think your principles are in the right place. I think your heart is in the right place, and your word of encouragement is definitely needed around this world, around this nation, and I think more people should experience it. So I'm going to do what I can to bring you on more. And uh, actually, you know, I, we laughed about it, but I was I was really serious that I, I think you should have your own show. Um, I think we should bring it under the imprint of WMMG because more people need to hear you more often. People can relate to what you have to offer, man. And, and I think what you're doing and what you talk about when you go around to speak in different places, I, I think that this is very, uh, I think it hits the home front. You know, I think there's a lot of people who, who wants to do what you're telling them to do, but just don't know the right steps to do it. Or or maybe there's someone in their ear telling them that, hey, you're not going to be anything. You're not going to be nothing. You, you're going to be a nothing. You're never going to make it. Because they, you don't get that. You know, you get that. Mm-hmm. I, I have a quote that I say all the time, and that's, you know, when you set out to be somebody or when you set out to start a business, um, folks will be all for you and will be happy that you set out to start that business or to start to be someone. But the minute you arrive and you're relevant and you're, and you're successful and your business is lucrative, they want to scold you and say, you're nobody or mm-hmm. you're not relevant or you, you didn't help out or you didn't do this and do that. So at the end of the day, what that really means is that all you have on this earth is you and your soul that God gave you. Now, anybody else that you come across, your family, your friends, they're all diamonds in your life. And you take care of your diamonds and you shine them and you love them and you keep them with them and you protect them. But at the end of the day, all you have is you. So if you let go you and you let those some of those diamonds and some of those uh, Cuba zirconians and some of those families and friends and those associates, if you let them bring you down, you will be down. And you will not make anything of yourself. So I think your book is very individual-based. I think it ta- it tells people how to make things happen on an individual basis, things that they need to do without anybody's help but God. So this book is very Christ-principled. You know, the, the steps in this book are, are, are very profound, and they're very direct. So, man, I, I just want to thank you for being able to, uh, to write this book. This book had to be God-given. It had to be God given, you know. You know, it had to be God given uh, uh, by you writing this book. Um, let me ask you, man. How, how did you feel um, knowing that you had so much personal uh, information, if you will, placed in this book, and, and and this being your first book, right? Oh no, it's my second one. Oh, your oh, second book. book. I'm sorry. Yeah, my first book was a poetic romance. Similar to her Shakespeare tale, Tata He Seeks She Answers. Back when I was doing a lot of poetry jams and poetry contests, mm-hmm. I wanted to prove to poets that you could write a book and it will sell without it being a book of poems. Because a lot of poets have this mindset that, okay, the only way I'm going to get published is either A, I have a known name, or B, I could get my piece published somewhere. So I wrote right. He Seeks She Answers. 
it's pretty hot book. You know, did pretty well. I didn't really put the time and energy in it like I ha- I'm doing moving forward courageously because this is my my ministry, my business to ensure I help empower enough people to start living their lives on their own accord, whereas that before was just a passion I had at that particular time, if, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Sure. Yeah, but um, so going back to your question, um, well, when you start realizing that no matter, despite your political views, your religion, um, whether you are conservative or liberal, Democrat, Republican, white, black, whomever, I learned, as I said earlier in this conversation, that we're all connected to some dimension of adversity. And it's who me, if I cannot get naked, per se, or become transparent to one individual, what makes me believe that they're going to embrace what I'm trying to teach? Because if I can paint the extreme, and you say, you know what, if I could, if he gets, got through that and he's living okay, he's still prospering, he's still living his life, he still have a, a meaningful relationship, then what's stopping me? I remember they said there was it's impossible to run a mile in a certain amount of time because somebody did it. Then all of a sudden, that's not, that's no longer the benchmark for the time. The six hundred miles no longer the benchmark yeah. for success, right? Same thing, same principle applies. But one thing I realized is this. It's not that people are not willing to do it. They just need to know the how. If they could plug into a system and be cognizant of that system and start programming themselves to fit this particular system, because all we are is the result of our own actions and our words. That's it. And a lot of times from our environment. Right? Right, absolutely. That has programmed us to become certain individuals yeah. as of today. However, there's going to be a recondition that takes place. Mm. Mm, and the recondition. There's always the 80-20 rule. 20% of people may, 80% might reject it. That's fine. That's fine. But <laughs> deep in your heart, you have to ask yourself this question. Are you a coward or are you courageous? Which one's going to be? Because the reason why you're not moving forward in any particular area in your life, you have, and if you're not going to move forward, you have to admit that you're a coward. Mm-hmm. You have to look in the mirror and say, I, I'm cowardly. This is why I'm not doing it. I'm fearful. This is why I'm not doing it. I don't think many people are are, are willing to do that. <laughs> exactly. It's not people willing to, to uh just self proclaim that, that they're a coward, you know what I mean? Um It's in their actions though. Hey, I gotta go to a commercial. We're gonna come back and we're gonna close the show. But uh I definitely wanna remember now, I, I told you earlier in the show that we're gonna read off these words and I hope all the listeners out there have a pen and a paper because you're gonna wanna make a list of these words. So I'm going to ask Ella to break down uh, in, in in a few words or less, you know, what these words mean to you that are on the, on the front of your book. Because uh, I don't know. I, I just think people need to know about it. And I'm curious what you think about them. So 619-638-8559 is the number. Hit one if you got a comment. You're rocking with Pudgy. And I got special guest Ella Thomas on the show, author of the book, Moving Forward Courageously. We are, we'll be back here in just a second. You're rocking with WMMG's home of the KRRP radio show, the number one black conservative show in the southeastern United States with over 2.5 million contributors and over 285,000 supporters. 
We doing our thing, baby. Shout out to all you guys out there for making us B-I-G and you are B-I-G in my book. We'll be right back in just a flash. You're on the air with NC Pudgy. That's me on Twitter, at symbol K-I-R-P Radio Show. We're also on Facebook. That's Facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P Radio Show. I want everybody out there on the Facebook pages to like the page, I Love Being a Black Father. It's an organization myself and my brother Rashad Woods created. We're going ahead with it. Full steam ahead, baby. You're rocking with the K-I-R-P number one show in the land. America, the NFL, and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. K-I-R-P Radio! Do you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do... Make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques 336 214-6427 Again, that's Wayne Prophet That's the man you want to talk to At Faulkner's Antiques 336-214-6427 And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge And if you can't get to him at that number Make sure you dial this other number 336-675-4897 And don't forget Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says Don't forget the reason for the season Scientific tests prove when you drink Dr. Pepper slow, the 23 flavors taste even better. For me, slow always produces a hit. Slow is better. Trust me, Doctor. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. 
North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. The KIRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy, and uh, I appreciate you guys for rocking with us on the KIRP Radio Show with author, renowned author, Ella Thomas, talking about his book, uh, his second book, Moving Forward Courageously. And uh, this has definitely been a blessed show, and uh, we've been discussing a lot of a lot of things on the show that have, uh, that have kept me tongue-tied all night. Lord knows, I don't remember the last time I've been this tongue-tied on the show and it made this many mistakes. But it is what it is, man. Shout out to all you guys out there. You are B-I-G in my book. And I definitely want to give a shout out to the parents, the family, and all the people directly involved and, and that have to endure the death of young Trayvon Martin and the, all the other people that have died, all the other individuals that have been killed uh, throughout this previous week. Um, my heart definitely goes out to those families and uh you know, I don't know what I would do. I don't know where I would be at this point uh, had I had to lay my child to rest. Um, that's really not the way that it's supposed to go. You know, that that's not what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to have to lay our children to rest. And uh, that's just something that bothers me dearly because I look at my own kids and, and you know, I just, I, I just can't see it, y'all. I'm sorry, man. And, and it, it's been bothering me. This has been a heck of a week. I felt some sort of way about it all. 
and and you know my 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 spirit my soul just haven't been at rest this week you know i, I i'm always busy man i'm i'm always three or four places at a time you know what i mean i'm never in one place i'm always in three or four places at a time and let me tell you i have definitely been mia in all the places that i've been this week because you know i i've just had this story on my mind i just i just can't gather how in any situation in life folks in in anything that you name you know in any situation that you name that you know of when someone is 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 being stalked and and killed in the process of their their being stalked um stalked you know there there's always at least an arrest and you you never hear people standing up for the actual shooter or the actual murderer um, trying to make a talking point for the person who actually did the stalking and the killing. There, there's there's more than one situation that's happened with this case. It, it's not only a murder. We're not talking about a confrontation that took place because two people had a debate. They didn't like each other, and uh, you know they and they both inflicted uh, mutually into a conflict. We're not talking about a situation like that. We're talking about a situation where two citizens, one minded their own business, another one not minded their own business, but so-called doing the work of the community which I definitely understand, but taking it above and beyond what even the police advised um, by actually confronting the individual that he found suspicious and killing that individual. Excuse me. And then I hear people that want to stand on and that want, want me with my common sense as part of my language, but they want me to believe that I'm supposed to feel some empathy for the person who actually did the stalking and actually did the murdering, the person who actually did the shooting. And I just can't understand how a sane mind can 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 gather that type of thought and would utter those type of words that'll make me actually try, that would try to convince me to believe that I should be pulling for the guy who did the stalking, the stalking and the murdering. I'm the type of individual. I'm conservative today. I'll be conservative tomorrow. I've always been, be, I've always been conservative, whether I self-identify with it or not. But today, I identify with being conservative, and I always will because this has always been me. I didn't adopt conservatism. A conservatism adopted me since the day that I was born, since I was taught hard work and being responsible for my own individual self. So. You know, I'm the type of person that believe in individual responsibility. This individual acted wrongly and was reckless, and he should have to pay. He should have to seek some retribution because of it. And and I just don't see justice prevailing. But anyway, I had to get that off my chest. So shout out to all you guys that still rocking with me because of it. But we have renowned author Ella Thomas on the air. And just before the break, um, I asked Ellen about it. You guys should see the cover of this book, man. We'll have it on the website uh, by midnight tonight, I hope, right, Joe? John? Sorry, not Joe. Um, we'll, have the, we'll have the cover of the book at least on the Facebook page so you guys can see what it looks like, even if I have to take a picture of it and post it. But you guys will see what this book looks like. And on the cover of these books, it's, uh, he has uh, 3, 6, 9, 5, 10, 15. He has about 28... Uh, words, if you will, powerful words on this book. And uh, I'm going to ask Elliot about maybe 10 of them. And I just want to ask him, uh, what's he, can he describe these 10, uh, these 10 words from the title of his book or, or from the cover of his book uh, to you listeners out there and to me as well. So I, I got my list down here compiled uh, right here on this piece of paper. You got, y'all hear that? 
that's my piece of paper. And I I wrote down the words, and I'm going to ask Ella. Ella, you still with me, brother? I'm right here, Pudgy. No doubt. I'm gonna I'm gonna um well well first and foremost before I ask you about the few words that I did write down, uh, where did the idea of of putting these words on your cover come from, and uh or or what made you place these words on the cover like this? Very good question. The way it is laid out, um, there. The three columns, I believe that's what you see there, and there's yeah. eight words in each column. And essentially, each word represents something that everyone I have interviewed, what I've observed, and what people are trying to accomplish in their life, and they're struggling to accomplish it. And these words represent one of those particular areas in which you're struggling and what it's going to take courage to accomplish each one of those, some of them, all of them, um, but they're all attainable. That's what a lot of people don't realize. Mm. I like that. And and it's actually 24 words, not 29. I'm sorry. Um, so let's just get into it. Strength. That's the very first word at the top of the page on the cover of the book is strength. So what does strength yes. mean to you in 2012, Ella? What strength means to me is continuing to have the ability to work with individuals who may not be like-minded as myself. However, they're still part of the vision. It's going to take strength for me to actually be silent sometimes where I may oppose a particular issue because uh, sometimes we don't realize that like the moment at hand is not always the best time to actually speak. Mm-hmm. like that. So that's what strength means to me. Um, achievement. What does achievement mm-hmm. mean to you right now? Um, I'm always I'm vision driven in 2012. So essentially, achievement is very important to me. Um, I have three things I'm desiring to achieve. First and foremost, I achieve, thanks to God, everything I set out to do throughout every adversity situation. So if people say they can't do it because of whatever, I'm a living example that you can. Um, secondly, desiring to put together a family. And third thing, ensure that I increase my financial independence to where I can help empower the youth and help with contributing to this broken system that we have. Mm. And hence, uh, a, um, a percentage of all book sales is going to go to the efforts to help strengthening communities that are facing certain challenges that a lot of the local and federal government has forgotten about. I love it. I hope you guys got your pens ready, too. Um, moving right along, well, here's a word that we always say a lot, you and I, and I'm sure uh, several other uh, million, possibly billion people, but uh, belief in God. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, now that I'm studying the word more and more, uh, I think what people don't realize is how much power that they were given from God uh, when God created man. I know there's mm. a lot of people who oppose the belief in the existence of God. Well, that's, that's fine. They're welcome to their belief. However, um, <laughs> we have not accomplished things on our own. Let's just be able there has to be a higher being in my my Lord Jesus Christ, my favorite and and essentially if it was not for him, there's no way in the world I could accomplish things I could have accomplished. There's no way in the world I could have forgiven the individuals that have hurt me so detrimentally. I, I could not have done that. So in two thousand twelve, believing God is continu- continuing to walk in his orders and his principles. Um what I think I learned is that there's Two different people in church. There's church folks who believe in traditionalism and positions, and there's kingdom builders, which I identify myself with. Yes, sir. Which is the strengthening, the uplifting, and empowering of individuals to help them live better lives for the kingdom of God's glory. Wow, that's big right there, man. That that was I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, relationships. 
Oh, yes. I struggled with that many, many years. I think a lot of people in 2012 were struggling with that, with divorce rates being so high. Um, we were not meant to be alone. Let's just be honest. We were not be, meant to be alone. Also, we were necessarily meant to be individuals who just use individuals for our own sexual procurement, procurement per se. So a relationship, identifying how do I get naked, not in a physical sense, but in a um, emotional sense with a person, and then trust that that person's going to be there for me, help identify that particular person is my quote unquote help me. Like I have a queen right now; she's probably one of the greatest women that I ever met, and yet I don't know how she puts up with me. But <laughs> but um, relationships are something I never believed in. I never believed in relationships because every person I love left my life or they're taken away from me. So mm. Learning relationships has been a real difficult task for me. And then going through certain heartaches in the past, you kind of close yourself off with the possibility of love again or a relationship. However, again, it's going to take courage to open yourself up to that possibility. Wow. Uh, Self-esteem. Oh, yes. When I was in high school, um, before I grew to become the handsome man that I am, I don't mind saying that because I took a long time for me to get to where I am, okay? <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I was called Fugly, F-U-G-L-Y, which is an odd term as a freshman. Fugly? I, I didn't grow up Fugly. That would be... <laughs> hold up, man. Hold up. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, man, but I, I've been calling the names, too. Don't get me wrong, man. And, and, and I've dealt with my share of self-esteem issues, man, and, and probably still do, but today I just could care less. But Fugly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... I used to get told that I was born teeth first, and I must have bitten—I must have bitten my own umbilical cord because I didn't grow into my teeth fully. Oh, I think man. I had a little head, <laughs> had a little head, big teeth. However, um, through growing, of course, it took me a long time to overcome that because we, like I told you, I was a poet before. I would not have taken your girlfriend. I was the guy writing poems for people like you to give to their girlfriends, so it would increase their love for one another. And I was always the person sitting on the sideline. Wow, fugly! <laughs> called you fugly, man. You gotta remember that. If, if somebody called yeah, you fugly, of course I remember that. Of course I remember that. It's the, oh, same, it's the same. The funny thing is the same women uh, back then, you know, young teenage girls would have you because they were really into the fast life of guys who are thugs or individuals who have some edge to them, and who later thinking in life could not believe who they called that to. And now it's funny. They're living lives of impoverished. Communities and in, in, in their own thinking with multiple kids, I'd say that's going to keep you from moving forward or accomplishing great things. It's mm-hmm. the fact that, you know what, if you don't change your thinking about how you see people and yourself, you're never going to get anywhere. So, leave it at that. Oof, ugly, man. That, that hurt <laughs> me, bro. <laughs> You know what? Right, right. Oof, right now, if, if somebody called me fugly right now, my feelings are hurt, brother. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't mind ugly. I don't mind a whole bunch, a whole host of names, man. Knock yourself out, but fugly? That's a, that's a little bit of creativity right there, man. Shout out to whoever called you fugly, man. They always sent us a picture today. I want to see what they looking like. They're probably fugly, too. Muggly. They might be muggly. <laughs> um, trust. Oh, that's a big one. Um, I've a lot of people, as well as myself, have have, have had their trust violated. Now, I even violated people's trust um, because they have imposed certain expectations upon me 
that I didn't know. But one thing that my queen tells me, she says, unspoken expectations lead to disappointment. You're right. I come from a different world than you do, and you come from this particular area. So if you, what you think is common sense, not common sense to me, what you think is okay, I think it's not okay, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So essentially when you start talking about that particular aspect of trust, this is learning where people's boundaries are and my knowing who you are. The word talks about know those who labor among you. That not just know who those who are working with you, know those people who are you lying with at night, husband, wife, etc. So Wow. Yeah, so trust for me uh, is more just letting my past go mm-hmm. and to and to embrace my future. I got you. Let's see. I took one off because I, I saw another word and I, and I I just added a word. Okay, compassion. What's compassion mm-hmm. for you in 2012? Yeah, that's big. Compassion. Um, I will give you a good example. 2012. Compassion means to me is I get a kick out of helping people reach their achievements in their life, especially mm-hmm. the young adults. Um, there, who don't have any particular individuals to help them. Um, that's where my compassion comes from, and I'm highly compassionate about the situation that's taking care that's been happening in Florida, and also around the uh, in the, uh, around the country, because mm-hmm. it seems as if there's not enough compassion that's taking place. A lot of people do things for attention because of lack of compassion. Sure they do. Right. Sure they do. Sure they do. Sure they do. So in 2012, I'm making sure that I'm cognizant of that I'm not just co- um, pa- um, showing compassion for what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. I'm trying to show compassion for the areas that my queen wants to uh, fulfill, compassion about what my family's trying to accomplish, compassion about what my community is trying to accomplish. Mm. Compassion, I like that. Um, you know, in 2008, I was... Uh, Myself and a lot of other individuals were reintroduced to something that we've always, always, always desired. So I see the word desire here, but I want to I want to put two words together because I think um, the American people were lied to, were used, were manipulated, um, using the premise of hope. In 2008, and I'm not even going to go in there with that, but I think you know what I'm talking about. So um, I, I just want to put desire and hope together, and I want to ask you in 2012, what does what does desire and hope together uh, mean to you? Desire, desire. If you if you're to compound those, um, desire and hope. Well, I realize that people have a desire to be hopeful. They desire to have hope. If you think about the election, a reason why that was so powerful, when you start talking to individuals who have lost their belief in a yeah. particular system or a belief in the government, um, then hopelessness and despair starts to rule their lives. And sure. then there's a lack of control of what you're going to do, right? That's right. So when you start putting desire and hope together, if you compound those, essentially what that's saying is that, you know what, I'm a hold on, I have a desire to hold on to hope because without hope, there's no reason for me to live or there's no reason for, for me to exist. I am ineffective in what anything I'm trying to do in my life. That's why you see a lot of people who have lost hope and lost desire leaving the earth way too soon based upon self-inflicted situations that they're, um, that they're causing themselves. I like that's that. A very that, that dangerous place to, no, go ahead. Yeah, that's a very dangerous place to be in, Pudgy, when you lack desire and you lack, and you lack hope. 
very dangerous place to be in. You ain't lying. There's a lot of people that I know who are in that dangerous place where where they lack hope and desire. And, and I think um I think around this country, man, we're seeing a, a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of people who, you know, I just call it what it is, man. You know, when the, when the president uh, popped up on the scene before we realized how perfect this this individual was before his life, before we actually looked into it, you know, now we realize that we were looking at somebody that, that was politically perfect, you know, and, and that fit for office, that we had all the hope and desire in the world for because we said, hey, you know, finally we have a black guy that's a major player in the game. His life is perfect, too, like the rest of the presidents, and we didn't realize that the rest of them sucked, too. So, right. um, you know, we, we voted for the same guy in, in a sense. Uh, with a with a, a a different complexion, and we had all the hope for change in the world. When actually the president never held that power, never hold that power, never will hold that power. That power um, dwells within us, and and you know, in large part, our spiritual beliefs. So uh, anyway, that's that's my Obama rant for the night. Um, <laughs> last and and lot not least, uh. This is a different one. I know a lot of people think it's going to be money or love. Or I'm not going to get into those. We talked about dreams earlier, but uh, to me, this is big because it helps me be the person that I am on a consistent basis, and that's balance. What does balance mean to you? Mm, balance, balance. Um, there's four areas in every man's life that I believe is really important. Okay, there's the spiritual, the mental, the physical, and the financial, and Every day, you should be working on some way to be working on those. Um, with the mental, it also comes with the family, the physical part of the family, right? Mm-hmm. If you took 25% and dedicated to each one of those areas, that's what balance means to me. And it's a struggle because when you start working like 12, 16-hour days, mm-hmm. something's going to lack. And the, the idea is when you get up in the morning to find out, it's like, you know what, what areas am I going to be focused on today? Because you're married, you have a family, Right. You, mm-hmm. you definitely have to make sure that you've got time for your family without something else being imbalanced, mm-hmm. right? So what I think I've learned is that, A, if you can find a way to structure your day out in the time slot, because we're all given the same amount of time a day, it's what we do with that particular time um, helps us realize how effective or ineffective we are in our time management. Wow. So Balancing that time. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that. that I love time. that. Yes, sir. Balancing your relationship, balancing your balancing your, your radio show. You know, and balancing the amount of responses you're going to get on your radio show, and whether or not to confront, combat, or debate certain issues. Yes, sir. Oh, because yes, if sir. Too, because if you take too much of any particular one at one time, now it's taken away. It might, it might take away from a particular voice and then enter into another realm that is not defined by you. That's B.I.G. And uh, speaking of balancing time, it is time for a good night. we got about three minutes left in the show. And uh, I just want to say, man, you have been a blessing to the KRP radio show and our listeners, I am sure. I'm seeing feedback on the Twitter, on the Facebook, on the blog, and, and it's a beautiful thing. So I know that these people are going to want some more because we we're at this point, I feel like we're leaving them wanting more of Ella Thomas. So um, we're going to work on that behind the scenes and, and hopefully, man, we can bring in the WMMG family, um, you know, so you can bring your voice to people every day 
on the air or at least once a week uh, with your own show. But besides that, um, you know, we'll talk about that later. But besides that, can you let the people know how they can get a hold of your book? Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there that want to buy it, so they need to know how they can get it in a hurry. Absolutely. For more information about myself as well as the book, you can visit www.iammsc.com, which stands for I Am Moving Forward Courageously. Dot com. So officially, again, that's www.i, the letter A, the letter M as in Michael, the letter M as in Michael again, S as in Frank, C as in Charlie.com. I am moving forward courageously.com. And I'm sure that we can be a unified people to accomplish all of our goals together. I like that. So we, we're going we're gonna to put that link on the Facebook page, on the Twitter page, and let people know where they can find this book. Ella, I appreciate you coming on the show and rocking with us, brother. And before you go, yes, sir. this is a show where we do shout-outs, my brother. So uh, yes. you can't leave. We'll hold you hostage. <laughs> you got to give a shout-out before you go, man. Indeed. First and foremost, give a shout-out to my Lord and Savior. Um, secondly, shout-out to my man, Pudgy Miller, Kevin Daniels, the whole um, Freddie Douglas Foundation, individuals that have welcomed me here. Um, shout-out to the listeners who have actually given me feedback and who spent the time to listen to us. Also to my queen, Kimberly Don Seagrove, my uh, sister, Schmidt, my brothers, Christopher, Donnell Hunter, um, Amy Betty Hunter, my mother, my father, mom, my fraternity, Alpha, Phi, Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, the, the home of the black and gold, and all the divine nine, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and everyone else who's looking to move forward quickly. Big shout out to everyone. Yeah. That is, man. You've been rocking with the KRP Radio Show, rocking with my man Ella Thomas. I got to give a B-I-G. Got to give a B-I-G. Shout out to my family, WMMG, KRP Radio Show, RHR Entertainment, everybody in the fam, everybody that shows love, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the blogs, the conservatives, everybody, man, out there. I just want to tell you guys I love you. And don't forget, God is love, is God. You rocking with P. I appreciate you guys. If you want Ella Thomas' book, IMMFC.com. That's how you get it. Make sure you get it, folks. Um, how much is the book, Ella? It's $14.99. Of course, of course you have to your shipping and handling. Uh, one thing I've let people know, and I put this guarantee on it, if for some reason you find that book is not lighting, it's not as powerful as you think, I will definitely refund half of that price back to you. Um, there's some logistical things I have to take care of, but I'd be more than happy to do that for you. But um, it takes a big person to put that type of guarantee on the book. Yeah, never, never, man. That's that, and that's Big alone right there. Big shout out to Ella Thomas, the man with the. If anybody tweets this, I want you guys to tweet the man with the guarantee on a book. How big is that? We're out of here, man. I appreciate you coming through and showing us some love. We're going to leave you guys with a little bit of the the, uh, the Jeffersons. <laughs> See you guys next week, man. One love to you, Ella. All right. Thank you, buddy. Take care, pal. Bye-bye. All right. Blessings. You and me, baby.
real, gon' recognize real. Only gon' recognize still. Still reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. 